Well, you gotta get a gerb to buy a derbs. <laughs> You're listening to the only podcast in the universe where clothing is optional, but pot is not. Broadcasting from FEMA Region 7, it's Bowl After Bowl with your hosts, Lorian and Spencer. I can't believe this is an actual naked woman in front of you. Whoa, yeah, look at that. She's naked. Crazy. Uh, okay, another heritage. Oh, wait, they, they fuck a lot? It's so overtly sexual. You can't. What? What? I'm a supporter of human beings. Beings. That's right. And if you're a human being, I support you. Welcome to the bowl. We're back on another lovely token Tuesday with episode 113. 113. I mean, it is November 9th, 2021, and indeed, it's true. No matter who you are, you are listening to Bowl After Bowl. I'm Sir Spencer Wolf, Kansas City. And I'm Dame DeLorean. And we're back at it with another one. Right on time. Right on time. Right on time. Just like old habits. They die hard, you know? Good. Uh, I like this. I like this uh, like this beat you got for the beginning. That's oh, good. Oh, thanks. I like that. I like that. Yeah, I like good beats. Good beats. Oh, man. What else is good? All sorts of good things oh, we got to talk about, man. I have pages of notes today. Back-to-back New Agenda meetups. That's good. That is pretty good, man. We've been meeting up, getting around, doing this thing, that thing. Last weekend, we were in Joplin. This weekend, we got one coming up in KC. All awesome stuff. All awesome stuff. I got a gang of notes. I got some on-chain, off-chain. I got some value oh, for value, cocaine, shit stain? Stuff. cocaine shit stain. You know what's on there. But before we get into all that nonsense, you know, we always up front, first things first, we love to thank everybody that helps us put this thing together because it's not just uh, two weirdos in a basement. It's much more than that. I mean, it's not that it's not two weirdos in a basement doing this every Tuesday night because that, it's, it's essentially what, That's where it starts. It's what it boils down to at the core when you shave away everyone else. But if that was all it was, it just would not be a show. You wouldn't be out there listening. None of these people would be in here uh, putting in the value. But that's not how it works. We're value for value. What does that mean? You know what it means by now. It means we do it every Tuesday. We come down, put out the show. Don't put no paywall out there. We don't cozy up to no sponsors, no advertisers, uh, none of that. We just do the show, we give you the content, and uh, we ask that you give back. You help us produce it, whether it's time, whether it's talent, whether it's treasure. Just give it back, and uh, we're a big community here. We, we love the community-based stuff, so we work together with everybody to make a better product week by week. That's the goal, and uh, always welcome your feedback. Uh, my email is it's easy to get in touch with me, spencer at bullafterbull.com. Yeah, or Lorian at bullafterbull.com. And we're on the No Agenda Socials, too. Uh, yeah, I'm at Lorian. I'm at Sir Spencer. <laughs> Very and simple. Easy easy stuff, easy stuff. And uh, you can get your butt in the bowl, too. Uh, there's a lot of people in the bowl right now. Hey, bowlers. Chatting, hanging out, not bullgarden that joint, all of that good stuff. Uh, it's the Bowl After Bowl channel on, on Zero Node. If you're in the IRCs, it's that same uh, Zero Node that you know from the No Agenda Troll Room. So you can just punch in a little hashtag, add us, uh, bull after bull. 
we hang out there frequently. So usually you can even ping somebody that will be in there sometime throughout the week as we hang out. But we got to thank some people, and I've got to do some make goods because I totally missed some PayPal donations from last week, and I felt so foolish. Uh-oh. So, um, something slipping every time, you know? You know, we try to get out in front of this before we even go behind the curtain, but... Uh. Yeah, once we're Sometimes, behind the curtain, yeah. things get real hazy. Sometimes it just still, you know, uh, we're all like, uh, what's going on? I don't even understand. So uh, we're going to reread some of these that came in from last Tuesday. All right. And uh, uh, with thanks and apologies both hand in hand. And uh, they're all stonations, wouldn't you know it? So it's, Ooh, kind of, cool. it's kind of appropriate, I suppose, on a certain level that... Uh, some of these fell through the cracks and got lost. But the first one, uh, we want to thank, and I'm pulling up a note. That's why I'm... Oh, yeah, it fell right into the couch cushion, huh? Yeah, that's right. Ugh. It's this note. It's right in here somewhere. The couch eats everything. Put it, uh, put it right here, right here. Oh, here it is. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Stonation 420, of course, is what that means. A Stonation uh, from... Meosis on No Agenda Social. Hello Ooh. there, my friends. Please take my money. We will do that. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Um, tonight, I will light one up for you guys. Love the show. Love and kisses from Holland. Ooh. P.S. Stay safe. So thank you so much. And I have... Ah, oh, there we are. Thank you for the value for value. Thank you. Thank you, Meosis. You can see him on No Agenda Social. M-E-I-O-S-I-S. Meiosis. I think I'm saying that right. I don't know. I'm not the Dutch. I don't speak it. So I don't know. That's my best guess. Meiosis, meiosis. Teosis, tiosis. Uh, let's call the whole thing off. Another stonation came in from Fletcher. He's monthly stonation. All right. Like clockwork. Thanks, Fletch. Fletcher. So we're sparking one up for you. Spark one up. Thank you, sir. Uh... Speaking of Fletcher, you're going on the, the Hogaroos on Thursday, yes, aren't you? Yes, I'll be in the Smoker Thursday night. Oh, man, that's so cool. Everybody should check that out. Thursday night. And then you're in there next Thursday. 7 Central. That's right. I'll be I'll be following. It's going to be a hard act to follow. Two weeks of Smoky Bowls. Mm-hmm. Hogstory.net. In the Smoker.net. Hogstory.com. You can find them on thousands of websites all across the internet uh, on Mondays and Thursdays, as well as uh, on the... On the No Agenda stream, uh, playing playing throughout the week. Then uh, Cotton Gin is our final stonation at yeah, 420. Cotton Gin. So thank you, thank Woo. you, thank you, sir. Uh, in order to get to the PayPals, you can just go to bullafterbull.com. It's at the bottom of every page. There's a little PayPal donate button. And, oh, man, we haven't updated the website in so long. So uh, we want to update that and get it all configured to really explain the podcasting 2.0 side of things. We've really been championing it. We've been uh, pushing it so hard, and we just really... Uh, the bowl after bowl guys are pushing the value for value so hard. So hard. So hard. So hard. We want to really push it and you know help podcasters get noted and help people get on those apps. It's the fun and easy and fast way to send value, and it's sent in the form of Bitcoin, which uh, you know has been, has been doing a little rocket zoom. This week, hitting all-time highs again. Um, but really, that's not the point. The, the point isn't necessarily investing in Bitcoin. The point of it all is a way to stream and program money, actual value money. Uh, and not only do that, but 
make it split in a way that makes sense. So if you're on a podcasting 2.0 enabled value app right now, like say you're using CurioCaster or Podfriend or Castomatic uh, or Breeze. Uh, in fact, CurioCaster, Castomatic, and Breeze are the three sources for our boostograms this week. Looking here at my list. Uh, you can boost us, and the way that's set up right now, half goes to me, half goes to Lorian, uh, with a little bit taken out for Podcast Index and for the app you're using. And by a little bit, I, I mean like 2% goes to CurioCaster and 1% goes to Podcast Index. Podcast Index. And uh, the rest is split right down the middle between me and Lorian. That means you don't have to give... Visa cut. You don't have to give PayPal a cut. You don't have to give all these other guys a cut. It's just the people who are uh, in there earning it, which is so cool. I think that is really the emphasis I want to put on the 2.0 system. It's not really about Bitcoin and why it's going to save everybody's life. It's about programmable money and the way to transfer value in a fair way uh, that's just peer-to-peer. That's me sending you this. And, uh, Another fun thing that we talked about a little bit last week is you can actually choose who to boost in a lot of these apps, too. So, Lorian is labeled on her own node. She got up and running. It can be Finally. done. It can be done. I'm labeled on my own uh, on my own node. And you can even boost the uh, app developers themselves if you really like the app. Uh, boost. You can boost. So, we're going to read some Boostagrams. Boostagram. Woo. And, uh... Just gonna read them in the order that they came in. Starting on November third, we had a. Uh, now, not all these have messages actually, so I shouldn't say boostograms. Uh, but I do like to point out some of the boosts, like uh, anonymous from CurioCaster, with uh, six thousand sat boosts. All right. We had uh, Abel Kirby from CurioCaster with a five thousand sat boostogram. Ooh. Oh, thanks, Abel Kirby. And he says hi. Hi. So uh, yes. Really trying to conserve the space there in the TLV. Not trying to cram it up with a bunch of uh, characters. And we thank you. A two-character boostogram says hi. You better be streaming sats. Thank you, Abel Kirby. Uh, Castomatic came in with a 500-sat boost. Woo-hoo. Anonymous, no message. Uh, Harvhat, 4,200-sats. He said boost. All right. Thanks, Harvhat. Well, this one's going in my boost box. Yes, thank you. For adding to the boost box. Uh, a triple 420 boost on Breeze. That was anonymous that just came in today, oh, so nice. thank you. Thanks, Anons. And uh, I even tested uh, 11.7. That one's from me, Sir Spencer, on Breeze. Testing out the new splits from Breeze. So we just changed our value split. Changed the value tag. And like a fool, I messaged uh, Dave Jones on Podcast Index because the last time that I added the value splits and I wanted it custom... Uh, Podcaster Wallet worked differently. Podcaster Wallet at the time just let you put in one node for your value, right? And then if you wanted it special, you either had to actually know how to write an RSS feed, which I still don't, or you had to ask Dave to monkey with it on the other side for for you. And so uh, that's what I did originally. And uh, this time, Podcaster Wallet has been updated, so you can do those custom splits yourself. And oh, nice. Really, the uh, sky's the limit, so you can just keep adding splits in there. I don't really know if there is a limit. There might be a limit, but since I, since we just did two, I was not uh, getting anywhere near the limit. But it's a great system. You can add uh, everybody 
in your circle, whether you have um, people that make your art on a regular basis, if you have regular uh, producers who actually produce the show in, in the sense of doing work, you can offer them a split to do the work. You can offer them a split to be a part of your show. It's just a little way to really return the value and take this value-for-value concept, the entire concept, to its next evolutionary step. And uh, we're super stoked and super excited to be a part of it. Live tag is is imminent. We've been talking about it for weeks. And as soon as it comes out, you can bet we're going to be one of the first ones through the door with live streaming sets so that everybody right now listening on uh, the streams can join in all the fun. Uh, but thank you, everybody. Um, thank you, everybody, for your value. And I want to remind everybody of... The first rule. First rule of being a smoker is it's bad manners to keep bumming all the damn time. So the first thing always you ask is pass the bowl. You know, you got a friend, always pass the bowl to them. Because it's just rude to just bogart the bowl. Don't bogart that bowl, my friend. Pass it over. And uh, another way that you can contribute is our voicemail line, right, Lorian? Oh, yes, of course. Every week we have a first time I ever topic. And this week we want to hear about the first time you ever got a job and it's a uh, super simple to contribute value to our voicemail line you just call 816-607-3663 and the play your That's right. Just call in. Uh, you can also text in. Yeah, or send pics. Send pics in. Because it's first little text line. And uh, we'll read it or look at it or uh, play it on the show, depending on what it is. That's right. You yeah. just you don't want to be a mooch. That's right. Never don't know when your mooch. friends are going to call you out for the mooch yard. That's right. And if anybody does know mooches, uh, you can always call them out. Stop mooching. Go back to college and eat your instant ramen. We have plenty of ways to do that. Plenty of ways to do that. Uh, I did want to mention, because we haven't mentioned in ages, but we're also a Brave Verified creator. Oh, yes. And what that means is, you know, if you use Brave Browser, there's this uh, kind of pain in the ass and not super intuitive system called Brave Rewards. It's a little red triangle if you use Brave Browser, which is one of a few different browsers I brave I use by Brave. I Brave the Brave Browser, depending on what I'm doing, so... Uh, the Brave Reward system, if you turn it on, just passively shows you little ads that you don't even have to click on uh, in the corner of your screen periodically, and then they send you um, their own uh, cute little shitcoin called BAT uh, for your troubles. Uh, basic Attention Token is what it stands for. So, I mean, it's a neat concept. It's basically one of the 21 billion uh, Ethereum tokens that are out there. Uh, so... We periodically put that all in a big pile, turn it into Bitcoin, and make lightning channels out of it. But we appreciate, you know, if you already use Brave Browser, you can just turn that on. And it's like uh, just an extra way to give to the show without actually really doing very much in terms of effort. Uh, and I always have it, you know, trickling on. It gives you like a buck or two a month or something like that. It's not really crazy and, you know, a lot of stuff jumping up and down. But it. As my dad always said, it's better than kicking a head, right? So, yeah. Another uh, thing you can do is open a channel to one of our nodes. Uh, 
I'm really working on the raspy node, but Lorian's node is quite new and it's an umbral node. So uh, some inbound liquidity to that will always help the show. And basically all that means is you're um, locking some Bitcoin into the Lightning Network via a, ch a Lightning channel. You can open up to our node. If you search it on Amboss or on 1ML, uh, you can type in bull after bull and all three right now of our nodes will pop up. The one that's not labeled, that's going away soon. That's our voltage node. That was our first node, baby's first node, and we'll be sad to see it go. But we bought a year subscription, and we learned a lot from it, and it did uh, pay for itself in terms of just learning the Lightning Network and getting connected and getting this thing up and rolling. And uh, once we finally get the Sphinx Tribe migrated uh, to a home node, which should be happening in the next couple of weeks... Uh, they really got the Sphinx Tribe rocking. We're going to say goodbye to the voltage node. Um, appreciate the voltage node too. It's a really great solution if you don't want to get the hardware, uh, but still want to run a node. I think the cheapest one is like nine bucks a month or something like that. They'll keep it running for you. And, uh, it's cheaper if you do the full year subscription, but, um, it's a great solution. Uh, if you want to have a node and don't want to run the hardware, don't want to pay all that upfront cost, and just want to do the rental thing. Um, but anyway, yeah, open a channel to... Lorian's Umbral node, that will help the show out, and that's a way you can do it without actually giving sats or actually sending your Bitcoin. You can just be a routing node and route payments uh, through to it. And of course, there's the PayPal. Another way, uh, join the Rings of Fire that we're organizing. Uh, we're getting the third one going uh, as we speak, so email spencer at bullafterbull.com if you're interested in participating in any Ring of Fire. Basically, uh, only requirement is that you have a node and you have 500,000 sats on chain in your node that you can open a channel with. And that's it. That's pretty much it. And, you know, we'll teach you the rest. If you don't know how to open channels, uh, we'll talk a little bit about it in a second. But we just opened our second podcast, Ring of Fire. And in both of these rings, there have been participants whose first channels on their node were in this ring. The great thing about Ring of Fire is... Basically, for the price of one channel, you get two channels perfectly balanced. Plus, it's going to help the Lightning Network uh, build out in its connectivity between and amongst us podcasters and podcast listeners. So, uh, always a great thing to do. And that's all the ways that uh, you can help us. So, again. Thank you for the value for value. We very much appreciate your contributions. That's right. Um, I fell into my first uh, Ring of Fire this week. That's right. How was that? Easy. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. For the most part. The great thing about a ring of fire is if if it's, uh, it, it just kind of depends, but most of the participants are just opening one channel, and that's your job. You just open a channel to the next guy in the ring. Once it's confirmed, you um, the hardest part about it is coordinating that fee time, when to lower those fees, because you want to keep them raised at first. And the reason is, if you have a high fee on your channel, the network's going to see it and go, ooh, that fee's high. I'm going to find somewhere else to route this payment, right? And so it's not going to choose your channel to route a payment through quite yet, which is good at the beginning of a ring of fire because it keeps the channels uh, all unbalanced to the same side so that the initial payment, what we call the ignition, uh, can actually balance all of those channels. This one was a bit of a headache because of, I don't know, we're not really 100% sure still 
other than we know it's something to do with how the nodes gossip these fee structures out to one another. It does take time for new fees to propagate. So we all decided, hey, since uh, everyone got their channels open and confirmed on Saturday, let's just pick Sunday when no agenda starts as the time to lower all of our fees to zero at the same time, which seemed like a great idea, and it worked out pretty well. Uh, the only problem was when I ran this build script for the uh, igniter, the it was coming back as an error because it was still seeing the old high fees, right? And uh, it was just a problem. I kept building, I kept building, I kept failing. We did a little tiny payment to test it, and the fees actually did apply. So it ended up at at some point, Cotton Gin was building. I you know told everybody who was in the IRC room at the time. Uh, here's the igniter script, here's how to put it on your node, here's how to build it and test it. And Cotton Gin did a build, and it was like, fee zero. And I was like, oh my god, try it with the full 250,000 sat payment. Fee zero. I said, send, 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 do it. So Cotton Gin actually uh, lit the match and ignited podcast, uh, uh, podcast Ringer Fire number two. Boy, if I could speak. If I could speak these... Uh, Cocaine shit saying segments would make a lot more sense, don't you think? No, I no. don't think. No, I think it still just sounds like. Uh, yeah, just makes me want to build a node personally. <laughs> <laughs> build another node. Um. So yeah, thanks Cotton Gin. Also, uh, C Dubs, Brian of London, and Harv Hat were the other participants in that Ring of Fire besides me and you. That's right. Uh, so all of us for five hundred thousand sats now have a million sats of capacity. So you get to kind of double your money on capacity, and uh, with balanced channels. Now it is a little extra headache, and I was talking with. Uh, this guy, I only know him by his handle, which is StemR42, right? Okay. Uh, met him through Sphinx. Stemme. He's in our Sphinx tribe. He's on some Telegram channels as well. He's a guy that taught me about Rings of Fire. And since, I was, since I've been doing them, I haven't really opened regular channels. I've always just done Rings of Fire because it's just so much more efficient, especially for my goals, which are routing payments, right? Not all nodes, and he was kind of telling me this, not all nodes are going to want to route payments. Not all people who run a node are going to want to balance channels all the time. They're not going to want to manage liquidity. They're not going to want to do all this stuff. And so he was like, you really should tell people that uh, if they're not interested in routing payments, what they could do is just open a balance channel to you, your most connected node, which would be the Blitz right now. And you can just kind of do all of the management for them and make sure they always have inbound liquidity. So if you're a podcaster... And you're like, oh my god, this on-chain, off-chain cocaine shit stain is really hurting my head. You can still run a node and just have a singular channel to somebody. And it, it can even start small. I know we always talk about, oh, we want big, beefy, balanced channels. But you can have a single uh, channel to my node, for instance. And we would be able to route to all of the players, all of the known uh, streaming services, and get you sats through that node and really you can start small and as sats come streaming in 
uh, you can use those sats that you get to expand your channels. So I don't want to give like the false impression that there's some huge barrier to entry. Like if you don't have 500,000 sats, you can't even get noted up. You can't even get in a channel, uh, a channel going. You can't even be in a ring of fire, all of that thing. You can start small. Um, the reason I always push rings of fire is because all of this node traffic does help the payments uh, go through. A lot of the participants so far have been tech savvy enough to be able to manage channels as well and uh with routing fees if you do it well uh you can eventually make a profitable node by just charging these routing fees uh to be able to pay for rebalances so um basically in a perfect world the market as it builds is going to be a market uh that's really made off of nodes that are in the sweet spot that are making a little bit of sats on routing feeds, um, but most of those sats are going to go back into rebalancing channels and keeping payments coming through. There's always an option, though. There's always an option. I don't want to make it seem like it's just uh, you got to do it this way. There's like a bunch of different things that can go down. A bunch of different things. Uh, another happy news on the uh, lightning front is I helped Adam revive gopodcasting.org whoa you guys remember gopodcasting.org i uh is that the web chart that is the little chart that cheese robot draws of cheese all robot. of the podcaster nodes basically it goes and looks and if if a node has a value tag associated with it then it uh adds it to this graph and that's what i used to use when I was first opening channels up, I used to use it all the time. I used to go to go uh, gopodcasting.org and look at the graph and see, oh, where can I make another channel to that would make sense? Who's really connected? Uh, who has uh, a lot of action in the podcasting uh, sphere of things? And then a few months back, it just stopped working, and it was just kind of a black screen. And I was just like, hmm, I don't know if Cheese Robot's down or if I didn't know what was going on. And you know, I've got 20 things on my plate usually at any given time, so I didn't really pursue it, didn't really pursue it. But over over the weekend, I did reach out to uh, the guy that wrote Cheese Robot, and I was like, hey, what's why is this chart not working? And apparently what it was was the, it's a different URL uh, system that he's written into it. So, um, you know, Adam, he's a big collector of domain names, and these domains, most of them he uses just as clever easy URLs to remember that redirect to other URLs that are not easy to remember like newpodcastapps.com just redirects to the podcast index apps page but that's kind of a mouthful whereas newpodcastapps.com is easy to say easy to remember easy to type into your browser same thing for gopodcasting.org it just calls that uh, URL for the cheese robot to draw the graph and uh, so it's back up. It's his pen toot. I was all excited because it actually generated a little bit of uh, Twitter action. We're uh, the bowl is still on Twitter. You deleted your Twitter. I deleted my Twitter. Yeah. The bowl still has a Twitter, uh, just because I don't know. It just feels like uh, there's enough of the community on there, um, especially when the when it comes to the Bitcoin stuff and the streaming Sat stuff that. Um, you know, we, we, we don't want to just cut them off from even knowing about us or that we're a resource out there. And so, yeah, I mean, I always get a lot more action on uh, No Agenda Social. I prefer it over there. It's a lot more fun. But uh, seemed to be it seemed to be a good uh, good Twitter discussion about the value stream and how it works and 
what it's all about. And it's always cool too, to like, I love people's reactions when they first see that cheese robot graph and they're like, what exactly am I looking at? Explain it to me like I'm a little kid. Cause I'm like, okay, I, I could do that. You know, the ovals are nodes and the lines are channels. And this is the lightning network. Yeah, now just keep looking at it. Just go back and keep looking at it. I mean, I remember when that thing was like a dozen nodes. It was like it was like 12, 15 ovals on the chart. That was it. Yeah, I remember. Now it's a mess, man. You go to that thing, it's like you got to scroll all over the place just to see it all. It's fantastic. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. My dad actually got me a good deal on Bitcoin, even though it's not a service I would recommend. But... We were at his house, and he just randomly was like, they're giving away 100 bucks of Bitcoin. I was like, huh? You said, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did like, you say 100 bucks? He was like, yeah, they're going to they're giving away 100 bucks of Bitcoin. I was like, who's they? And uh, I like money. And he was like, oh, Mark Cuban's app, I guess. Uh, you just got to hit Mavs 100. So, like, Mark Cuban and the Mavs did a giveaway on Voyager. If you deposit a hundred bucks of Bitcoin and do a ten dollar trade, it was like a two day window. Uh, then they'd match the Bitcoin with a hundred bucks of Bitcoin. So yeah, I did that. I did that. Uh, it's a pain in the ass service that I wouldn't recommend using. You got to wait like fourteen days to withdraw the Bitcoin. Oh. It's a big pain in the butt. But the hundred bucks is worth like two twenty now, <laughs> and it's gonna be another channel. I need that shit for channel liquidity, you know, and so. Um, it was worth it for me at the time, but in no ways do I endorse using Voyager to buy your, uh, crypto cause it's a big pain in the ass and they're going to make it a lot of these places, a lot of these exchanges, what they do is they make it easy to trade the Bitcoin so you can trade it. Well, I should say they make it easy to trade your U S dollars that you deposit from a bank account They make it easy to buy something and sell something, and they make a bunch of graphs and get you all jitty and excited when you want to buy low, sell high. Like, it's like a... They basically all look like Robin Hood, you know? Mm. Um, and you're just, like, selling this and buying that and buying this and selling that, and they want you to hold a bunch of different cryptos, like, oh, keep it all in our shitcoin, and we'll give you this much percent every month if you keep it a certain level of our shitcoin in your account. Mm. Really, I'm just interested in getting some... Bitcoin to use as channels like I'm 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 getting it as infrastructure for this value uh the whole value network that we're building. So, you know, my my motives are different. Um and that's why I like Strike personally. Uh if you're going to use Coinbase, make sure you're using Coinbase Pro cuz the fees are 10% Jeez. of the Coinbase, the regular Coinbase fee. The regular Coinbase fee is 5%. Coinbase Pro is half a percent. And those are both free services. I think the only caveat is Coinbase Pro, you got to have minimum $50 uh, of, of trade, which it's not that tough to do. So um, anyway, that's my personal rant on that so as far as if you're buying it, if you're going for it. And then finally, I told Fountain that I would plug this on the show, but we did their uh, promo this weekend. Uh, Fountain app, many of you have heard, it's one of our you know value streaming apps, so you can get Boostergrams going in there, you can stream sats in there. But their, uh, I don't know what you want to say, their kind of uh, claim to fame or way to shine is the clips. So they did a promo, pull a podcast clip, put it on the tweeters, tag us, put, put your name, we'll give you 5,000 sats. So 
again, you know, you had to be on the bird shite to participate. Yes. Yes. You had to, you had to tweet the sheet Mm. to do it. So, um, a lot of their stuff is Twitter. And again, that's why Bull after Bull has an account, you know, it's just, uh, you would have, there, there, it's not like, um, it's not like there's nothing there. It's close. It's very close. Like the door to the coolness of Twitter has been closing for a decade, you know? It's just, it's a headache for sure. But there's enough people on there in these certain circles that I hesitate to pull this show off of it, at least for right now in this moment. Um, Because there's still, I feel like there's still good to be able to be done on a shitty platform that is Twitter. You might disagree. You might disagree. That's Uh, just like your opinion, man. yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. You ever use Fountain? Not yet. It's like uh, when you first try to clip, it transcribes the whole episode with their internal transcription service. Yeah. And it's very clunky in the way that you actually make the clip because it basically chops your show up into blocks. They call them blocks. And these blocks are blocks of text of, and you know how... So you're a transcriptionist by trade. Yeah. Every block is a word, so you can just look up a word. No, every block is a block of words. Oh, So it's sort of a paragraph, but it's not clear on what logic is used to separate these blocks. Some of them are very big, have lots of words. Some of them will have just one word. It may even be one word in the middle of a sentence sometimes. So you're aware of, you know, the AI's ability or lack thereof to to transcribe stuff, right? So... It's not a human transcription, and therefore it's riddled with errors. And sometimes the audio is a bit off from but, where the words are as well. But it's pretty instant when you upload the it's qu- file. It's quick. I wouldn't call it instant. It oh, kind of okay. has a little buffer wheel, and it's like transcribing, and like our show's, you know, two to two and a half hours. Uh, so it takes a while, a few minutes, I'd say. A couple of minutes. Only a couple of minutes, though? Only a couple of minutes. Good. It's pretty quick from what you'd expect. Imagine you know? a human transcriptionist, you know? When I did it Hours. for this weekend, it was a couple of minutes. But it's tough because the way you clip the actual clip is you select which blocks of text that you want in there. So you're just picking the ones that you want it to say. And you can preview and listen to it, and it turns out it doesn't always necessarily start right where the word says it starts. So you you might have to add another click around. You might have to add another block to it, you know, to get what you actually want it to say in there. Um, but it's still pretty cool and interesting. I like what the concept is for yeah. sure of like find clips and share these clips because it's a really cool discovery process for all these podcasts. You know, there's so many different cool little nuggets and gems baked in to hours and hours of content. I mean, if you put us all together, it's just like an infinite hour number of content every week coming out and to have a way to just share the short little clips or have a best of uh, I think it's pretty cool for fountain now I've been saying uh, this is a concept that I said right when value for value first was explained to me when I first started listening to podcasting 2.0 I said value for value and the splits and the way it works is so cool that if you're a podcast fan you just like podcasts you listen to a shitload of podcasts you could carve yourself out your own niche. Uh, and me, I'm not a guy that could do this because I don't listen to enough podcasts throughout the week to, to be able to make it work. But if you're a guy that does that, you could make RSS feeds that are like greatest hits of all the shows oh. you listen to. Like you could make 
just take this show for an example. You can make a bowl after bowl greatest hits, and you just put like 30 second to three minute clips as episodes on your RSS feed, right? And then you can just say, you know, work out splits with these creators and say, hey, if I make you a, a greatest hits, uh, what do you say? I make you a greatest hits feed and we split everything 50 50 or whatever you want to do, right? Yeah. I think there's potential there for a whole operation that isn't going on right now. You know, you got Dreb, you got Dreb Scott doing a lot of the community chapters for different shows on the NA stream now, and he's making a little split for doing that. The same thing could be done for a guy that's curating greatest hits streams. The same thing can be done for prolific album art artists. Uh, I think that the potential we haven't even scratched the surface of in, in terms of what this can do. Uh, same with the Abelcraft stuff that we're working on, me and Abel Kirby. The the way that we could do music through this system could totally turn the traditional uh, you know, record deal path for musicians on its head, giving everybody the freedom not only over the creative the creative process, which is important, but over the money that happens afterwards, which was, in most cases, even more important. Yeah. It's been such a mechanism of total control and domination for ever since, you know, the history of the modern music. Uh, as soon as it became an institution, as soon as it became an industry. Yeah, finally reward the talent. Yeah. And, you know, the artists. give the artists control over, you know, what they're going to get into themselves. I think I think it's awesome. I'm always going to break for the podcast uh, index updates and um, what's happening there because I think it's the most exciting stuff going on in podcasting right now. Agreed. My personal opinion. And I'm thankful for you and your help to get me fully noted. Hell yeah. That was fun. Fully I mean, noted, it yeah. Didn't, it didn't hurt as much as you thought, did no, it? No. Um, and I think it's because I'm, I'm using Umbral. Sure. You know, it's a... Uh, it's pretty, front-end pretty. And I immediately was like, wow, this feels like WordPress. <laughs> yeah. Noob that I am. But yeah, it was simple. And then the Ring of Fire, I was a little intimidated to partake in that, but uh, you explained it very well in your emails, and yeah, I'm trying got to, through it. I'm trying to make those emails eventually become documentation for how to do it in case other people want to run rings, because... Yeah. Eventually, I'm going to get to the point where I'm all out of sats that I can do it with for a period right. of time, and I can't buy no more, but uh, other people might be making nodes and being like, what the hell? How, how should I open channels? And that's a lot of people's question. Like, I just got noted up. What should my first channel be? And your first channel should be ideally a ring like this, um, just so you can get both directions going, and you can get some uh, breathing room. But you can also get two channels instead of just one channel for the same amount of Bitcoin. However many Bitcoin you put on that node, you can get two channels instead of one channel if you just do a ring. Even if it's three people, it's all you need for a ring is three, uh, three or more. But that's what I recommend, and I also recommend doing it with somebody who, you know, you don't have to like trust them. Like, oh, I'm gonna give you my money, trust, because that's not what's going on. But somebody who will respond to you and help you and work with you, you know, is, is most helpful. Because then if something happens that you don't understand, you can always contact them and be like, oh, this is the state of the channel. What's going on? Or, oh, yeah, my node's down because I had to reboot it. Things like that. Something yeah. happening that you don't understand seems almost like an inevitable part of this process. It's uh, It's a new kind of Wild West thing. And so it's all about, you know, visiting documentation all the time. And uh, being in those channels, there's like this IRC group, 
a lot of the a lot of shows there. In, in fact, the green room over there uh, with Blueberry Lavish and Quirkass uh, behind the schemes, the green room is always pretty hot these days with uh, Lightning Network talk and, and stuff like that too. So a lot of these IRC channels you can hop on. I made one for Ring of Fire, by the way, if you go to the channel uh, um, Pound Ring of Fire, hashtag Ring of Fire, whatever you want to call it. Um, we would discuss stuff in there, and that's how I'm going to organize in real time the, the ignition of those rings. Cool. Yeah. Do you love it? Oh, yeah, I love it. You would love it. But I'm not very eloquent. Uh, when You'd I love it. talking about the on-chain, off-chain, cocaine shit stain. So. <laughs> it's all a process, man. But, uh, again, the, the reason I always lean into it and I don't try to dumb it down is because I don't want the collective to be dumbed down. And I think that far too often that happens in these kind of situations where people are like, people just start up front with like, oh, they're not going to understand this, so let's dumb it down for them. Instead of being like, well, we can find this middle ground where we don't have to dumb it down. We can just explain it a little more simply, but still keep it, you know, still keep it highbrow and and, and technical. And we can bring the collective up. Yeah. I don't like to dumb it down. I like to dumb it up. That's my thing. (laughs) All right. We'll catch on eventually. No, 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 no. It's just a matter of getting in the car and driving. It's it's actually simple. It just seems complicated because you haven't done it. That's all. That's right. That's all. That's all. That's all. I promise. Yeah. You know, slowly but surely, I'm starting to uh, say some words on this podcast about it. So Yes. It's sinking in. It's sinking in. Oh, man. You want to hear some 33 stories? Do I ever? Yeah. Magic number alert. I saw this week that two counties in Michigan have seen a 33% increase in drug-related deaths this year. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh, it was uh, Eaton and Ingham counties, and numbers have been growing year over year for overdoses. Uh, mostly opioids, you know, fentanyl gets a name drop, of course, but they also mentioned a lot of synthetics. And sadly, the youngest overdose death was a baby it was just about a year old that's disgusting yeah didn't say uh what drug you know but a year old shouldn't be uh really doing any drugs that's a damn shame dude yeah anyway uh not a damn shame the u.s lifted its travel ban from 33 countries including our neighbors to the north canada all right, come on in, Canada. Uh, of course, uh, the slaves have to be fully vaxxed, ah. fully jabbed. I don't know if that means two or three at this point in time, but was that really lifting the ban, or is it just a? Dis- it's now a discriminatory, it's dis- discriminatory, discriminatory sure. ban. That's what it is. That's right. It is. Uh, Mr. Christopher Battles actually drew my attention to this story today, and when I read the headline, I was like, I've seen this before. So I went digging through the bowl after bowl show notes, and yeah, episode 105, uh, oh, very nice. U.S. lifts travel ban from 33 countries. They just recycled the headline, except for it's 33 more countries. So I guess slowly but surely, 33 countries at a time you I know, see. will be allowed to vacation here again. We got like 27 countries we're ready to lift the ban on, but they're like, no, no. Wait. We need six more, and then we can do it. Yeah, they might even start lifting the bans, but then, you know, the press release hits the newsrooms when it gets to 33. Yeah, that makes sense. Or 34, 35, you know, they're just like, ah, 33, though. We just 
yeah, want to make sure the magic number is in the headline. I love it when it's thirty-five because, like, if the if the headline was thirty-five, they'd be like Belarus, Canada, and thirty-three other countries. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Got to get that magic number in there. Oh, kind of riding on the uh, Michigan story. Uh, the hooch death toll rose to thirty-three in Bihar, which okay. is a, a dry state in India. And so this liquor's being imported that's not what it claims to be. That's oh, killing people. That prohibition hooch is very dangerous, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I felt like I fell into a time machine or something reading that story. I was like, the hooch? What the is that, hooch? a coat? Is that what they're calling the coof now? Like, you got to see a hooch? man about a horse. <laughs> uh, but my final story, that one was just a little extra, was that New York is among 33 states considering ending daylight saving time. Oh. Yes. The lawmakers say it's a very cumbersome practice. And I didn't know that Arizona and Hawaii have already ended the practice of daylight saving time. Did yeah. you? I did not. Yeah, uh, I, I knew Arizona. I knew about Arizona. Oh. But I did not know Hawaii did as well. Yeah. No, I was ignorant. Now, are they always on savings? Or are they always on what we're on now? I don't know. Because I support ending the stupid thing altogether for sure, but... But which one are we going with? I'd love to stay with summertime. I'd love to stay with... Where it stays brighter out for longer? Yeah, I'd like that extra light to be later in the day. Yeah, I agree with that. Because I'm a cave troll and uh, the extra daylight hours at the beginning of the day would be totally wasted on someone like me. Well, it makes the winter so tough too when it's dark at like 5 p.m. I think. Yeah, because it's already cold and it's dark. Meh, meh. I'm just picky. Mm. Luckily, though, the magic number is really not popping off in Koof stories uh, post-Halloween. I remember I told you they had to get all right, their yeah. scares in for Halloween. And this week it was just a few, uh, yeah, a few stories about new cases. So there were 33 new cases in uh, Delhi, Shillong. Shillong, India. Shillong, India. Yeah, Shillong, India. Uh, <laughs> Sudbury, Scandinavia, and Center County, Pennsylvania. And then there were 33 deaths in Sudbury, Canada. They got the double dinger there. 33 new cases and 33 deaths. And then uh, Wadena County, Minnesota nuts. Oh. So, but that's all. And I'm glad I don't have to talk about the coof much this week. Yeah, that's great. Let us. Go behind the curtain. All right. Where we might be coofing, but it's not the Rona. You know, Fletcher sent me some clips. Um, because I guess Gilbert Gottfried was on Joe Rogan lately, and uh, he brought up the curtain. The jo- curtain. Joe was talking about the curtain. What? Yeah, check, check this out. It was weird. Like, there's you don't have anything like that today, where someone I- can mistakenly walk through some beads. And then pull a box out and go, oh, Jesus, is yes. a dick in someone's yes. mouth. <laughs> yeah. Right? Uh, that's, I guess I played part two f- uh, before I played part one. We do one. have that. I'm not, uh, I'm not used to these clips yet. And then remember, there was like those beads that you had to go through? Oh, yeah. To get to the yeah. porn section? Yes. Yes. There's either saloon door, like yeah. a swing yes. saloon door, or beads where you'd go into the adult section. Yes. And no one would make eye contact in there. Everybody would be yes. all weirded out. Oh, we make eye contact in the bowl. Oh, yeah. There is... Uh, you can't come in if you're not going to make eye contact. Heavy, steady eye contact. Uh, eye, eyes steady. are everywhere. They don't, uh, so always on eyes. But Did you see her yeah. breasts? Yeah. 
At least once or twice, you know. But I like locking eyes. Thank Makes you. people uncomfortable sometimes, but... Thank you, Fletcher, for uh, thinking of us. Uh, okay, another paratitch. Thanks, Fletcher. You can always use another pair another of tits pair on tits. the board. Yes. <laughs> can never run out of tits. So there was some voting oh, last like week, that. and I have results from a bunch of different states. I love that. On all weed-related uh, initiatives. No, sorry, this might be a little tedious, but <laughs> we'll go through it. No, yeah. You have to keep everyone informed with well, what's going on. It's voting season, in baby. In the world of weed. Yeah. Yeah, so Santa Cruz, California voters approved a ballot measure to direct weed tax revenue to children's programs. Woo! Yeah. Then Colorado, voters rejected the ballot initiative that would have increased the state's weed taxes to nice. fund an education program. Yeah, can't. And there was a separate measure in Denver to boost local weed taxes to fund pandemic research. And that oh, also failed. Man, yeah. I'm happy to tell you that also failed. Good. Nothing says slush fund like let's start a uh fund for pandemic research like after it's over. I know they're going to try to make it go on forever, yeah. but the whole point of the you know pandemic thing is like you get through it. Right. Oh my it's not goodness. supposed to be an indefinite state of being. Correct. And control. That's correct. Yeah. You're, you're absolutely right. They can't control me. That guy's fucking right. Uh, Lamar, Colorado, their voters approved a ballot measure to allow and tax weed sales. You know, they want some money coming oh, in, yeah, some tourism. It. And then Mead, Colorado, uh, voters there rejected a measure to repeal an existing ban on weed sales. Rejected ah. the repeal. So they're not going to get any money or well, tourists. Maybe, they maybe. don't like money. They don't like money. They're just going to stand out on the street corner and go, Hey, listen, you dicks, send money! And yeah. not understand why the money's not raining in. Yeah, and everybody will be in the other towns buying weed. That's right. Now, Randolph in Methuen, Massachusetts. Massive two shits, <laughs> as I like to call it. Uh, those folks also rejected ballot measures that would have allowed recreational dispensaries. Dispensaries. I oh, said dispensaries. In, in their uh, individual <laughs> towns. Yes, yeah. They don't want dispensaries in their towns. They don't want money coming in, in a, that form, in a legal form, you know. Right, right. It's not like nobody's selling weed it's in those like towns. It's not like there's no weed in those towns. I know for a fact yeah. that there's weed in those towns. Yeah. But Detroit, Rock City. Voters there approved a ballot initiative to decriminalize psychedelics. Who? Who? Yeah. Lapeer, Michigan voters, uh, <laughs> they rejected a ballot measure that would have banned recreational businesses no that's good so that's good new that's good news uh claus <laughs> and michigan shit. voters rejected a proposal that would have allowed recreational businesses no womp womp. their loss um, they're all quite balanced you've got like good news yes. bad news good news bad news yeah pretty much uh that's not going to change for the next few <laughs> voters in billings montana rejected a ballot measure that would have allowed recreational dispensaries but voters in Missoula County, Park County, and Yellowstone County approved a 3% tax proposal. That's not that balanced. That all kind of sucks. Taxes <laughs> suck. Uh, and then five out of six central New York towns voted to allow retail stores, dispensaries. 
that's cool. And uh, voters in seven Ohio cities approved local decriminalization ballot measures, bringing the total number of jurisdictions with decrim up to 29. Not quite 33, but almost. Uh, but to balance that one out, seven cities rejected their measures. Uh, so, it should end. It should end. Only two more. Only two more states reporting in. Mill City, Oregon voters approved a ballot measure to allow weed sales. And Estacada voters approved a 3% tax on weed sales. And finally, Philadelphia voters passed a referendum adding a section to the city charter saying that, and I quote, the citizens of Philadelphia call upon the Pennsylvania General Assembly and the governor to pass legislation that will decriminalize, regulate, and tax the use and sale to adults aged 21 years or older of cannabis for non-medical purposes. So they voted to send a letter to the state yes, government? Yes, I was like, this is so confusing. <laughs> Why would you do that? Yeah, interesting. That's a good word for it. It's, uh... it's a step in the right direction after all. After all, it's a step in the right direction. It's a step in the right direction after all. I don't think I'd call it a step. I'd call it maybe a toe or like a poke in the right direction. It's a, but It's a step by post. It's a point. <laughs> they're pointing in the right direction. Yeah. Very. Isn't that strange? I think they're begging. That's what it is. They're begging in the right direction. Please! Please legalize weed. Please free the weed! Never gonna happen! Ah. Wow. Now, I may be wrong. I hope you are. <laughs> I hope you are. Um, so for the past few bowls, we've been talking about all the issues researchers have when it comes to accessing weed. Right. To do their studies and, you know, make America great when it comes to weed studies. Sure. Because we just suck right now. Yeah. Israel does them all right now, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. They've been doing them. For years. Oh, yeah, ages. There, I mean, that's the crazy part is there's so many weed studies out there, um, but they're not from America. Right. So, oh, well. But in this massive infrastructure bill uh, that passed, there was a provision that will allow researchers to study weed from dispensaries oh. so that they can know and look at what people are actually smoking, what people are actually token, wow. instead of, you know, the... The uh, University of Mississippi hemp. I mean weed. I mean whatever they're growing. Oh, oh yeah, whatever they they can't even <laughs> the figure out weed. what it is. They're like, it's good, but it's not that good. But it's pretty good. But it's kind of this actually is, just hemp. This is your great grandfather's weed. It's uh, medicine, but it's like yes. cloth. It's yeah, should be used for textiles. <laughs> what like with a cloth or something? Yeah. Uh, J.P. Morgan Chase and Co told prime brokerage clients that it will no longer let them buy American weed-related securities starting this week. Uh, mm -hmm. I think it's very bad for our country. It is. It's a step in the wrong direction. Yeah. It's a step backwards. We it need should to move end. forward. It should end. And then uh, Filament Health Corporation announced this week that it received FDA approval for what it says is the first clinical trial using naturally sourced psychedelic substances. Oh, very cool. Very cool, very legal, maybe. I don't know. I haven't done a lot of different <laughs> drugs. <laughs> and I also saw Microsoft um, put out a little presser because they made this 2030 carbon negative pledge 
So they're looking at how to construct data centers and other buildings out of uh, carbon storing material. And guess what could maybe do it? Hemp. Oh, that Hemp makes sense. for victory. Makes so sense. in 2022, they'll start getting some prototypes or proof of concept projects going. But hemp, hemp array. Can you think? Imagine that. Imagine that. Hemp data centers. I don't know. <laughs> is, is hemp a fire hazard, though? Uh, not if you do it in a certain way, I think. Like hempcrete, yeah. Servo hempcrete. Saying, talking about hempcrete. Yeah, hempcrete. Yeah, you can uh, they de- al- deflamify it or whatever. They also mentioned building them out of mushrooms. Term. I was like, ooh. <laughs> Mushroom blocks, okay. Yeah. I mean, I've seen walls of... Uh, of fungi in people's basements and they didn't want it there, you know? <laughs> it's like, whoa. I've seen those trendy places uh, with like the living wall where it's like they're oh, just yeah, the growing gardens. hydroponic like microgreens and stuff out of the wall. Kale walls. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. Yes, green walls. Very trendy, very posh, oh, very yeah. hip. We love it. Yeah. There's a restaurant here in Kansas City that has a, like a whole big kitchen area that's all made of those living walls. Don't we? There's like a lot of hydro stuff in there, yeah. Yeah, hydro stuff. That's fun. <laughs> like I love hydro stuff. Imagine bro. that. You, you order a salad and your waiter goes back and just plucks it off the wall. It'd be cooler if you could pluck it yourself. Yo, let me get the side row with ranch. Side row? <laughs> side row. Like hydro? Yeah, side hydro. Salad. Hydro side salad, bro. I like it. The side row. <laughs> Welcome to the side row. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, hey, Arkansans for marijuana reform. Uh, They submitted a constitutional amendment for the 2022 ballot, and uh, that makes them the third legalization initiative. All right. That might be on that ballot. Racking them up for the spring season, baby. That's right, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Of course, it's recreational, so 21 plus. Uh, You can possess up to four ounces of flour, two ounces of concentrate, and cultivate up to 12 plants. Six mature, six immature um, they have the Department of Finance and Administration as regulators of this program, and they state that at least one retail license must be issued per 15,000 residents. So not not a cap, a know, minimum, but a minimum. A floor. Which is nice. Both are bad economically, let's be honest. I mean, it's like Econ 101 in college, you learn the, the, the floors and the ceilings, and pretty much all artificially erected economic barriers cause deadweight losses. Oh, and fair w- point. waste money. Mm. Waste money. Fair point, yeah. The 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 market has these natural equilibriums that uh, can be found only when you don't fuck with the market right. and manipulate it. So If you allow it to be free. Mm. It's like with a floor, now don't get me wrong, like it, I'd rather have a floor than a ceiling. But with a floor, what you could do is create a situation where you make the government give out licenses that aren't needed just because there's this floor. And so maybe your needs are filled by a certain number, but then they're like, oh, well, we also have to give four more out. Right. Uh, We can't go below the floor. But then what do those people do? Suffer and not be able to pay their bills because too much uh, supply, not enough demand? No, not necessarily. You just get four crappy ass players in the market, you know, or like get four underqualified, you know. Mm. Just depends. Now, I don't think that will happen in this case because you can put a weed shop on every corner and it will be fine, pretty much. There's always demand, and you know. Yeah, but it's it's you're right. 
But I'd, yeah, I'd rather have a floor. No than floors, a, no ceilings, f- free market. Floors and ceilings, they're just bad economics. And if you have even a basic entry level understanding of economics, you would also know that is the case. That's all. No, oh, yeah, that's all. Instead, okay. they want to teach you that the fucking mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell and some other useless shit in high school. Yeah. Yeah. R equals pi R squared. No, <laughs> I butchered it. <laughs> uh, oh well. Exactly. Yeah. They, yeah. They teach you that that you never even pi R squared. Anyway. Instead of how the world works, come on. Measuring circles and shit. Be dangerous if too many people knew that. <sighs> well, anyway. Basic uh, competence. Under this initiative for the constitutional amendment in Arkansas. Courts would be obligated to provide relief to people with past convictions for possession or sales up to 16 ounces Ooh. or six plants if they got caught growing um, or moving plants, I guess. But the courts would have discretion as to what relief constitutes. You know, is it release from incarceration, expungement, restoring voting rights? Just they a so- decide. A, sol- a shoulder massage? <laughs> Yeah, that nothing constitutes at all. relief. Nothing, tra la la. Um, One Advil, that's your relief. <laughs> yes, that's it. <laughs> a referral, a referral. That would be great. Yeah. Um. So the other two groups looking to put legalization on the ballot are Responsible Growth Arkansas, which is being run by a former lawmaker, Eddie Armstrong. And they haven't released any text yet, so I'm not sure why they're really considered a contender. You know, I guess he has some ins. Uh, And then the third we've talked about before is Arkansas True Grass. They're already gathering signatures. Um, And they also would allow home grow up to 12 plants and recreational purchases up to four ounces. I still think it's silly that you, like, limit people's purchase amounts and growing amounts. I don't know. I agree, yeah. It's just weird. Just weird. Like, okay, don't take all my money that I want to give you. Whatever. No, that doesn't gotta, make much sense. It's got to be safe. Sense, it's got to be... People got to be safe. Otherwise, yeah. it's not safe. It's dangerous, huh? Yeah. And scan the ID every time you make a purchase and get that, you know, seed to sale tracking. So yes. if it ever... You drop it into a kid's Halloween basket, which no one would ever do. Without strictly enforced limits and... and- but that's constant surveillance. See, like, that's what I'm saying. Like that scare doesn't even make sense. Cause if some kid had trick or treated weed, some edibles for Halloween, they would just be able to like scan the barcode, see where it was bought, what time, who bought it probably. You know? Know. One night at a Travis Scott concert has killed more people than weed in its entire history. So. That's right. That's right. Although it didn't they did hotbox some monkeys to death, right? Yeah, yeah, but you know, because of smoke, right? It wasn't an overdose of weed. It was, <laughs> it was smoke asphyxiation. Asphyxiation. There's the mm. word I needed. Yeah. Yeah. Suffocation. No breathing. I mean, you could have burned anything and put it, <laughs> put them in a yeah. gas mask over it, and it, they would have. Oh, they put gas masks on them. Died. Yeah. This is horrible. Reagan's uh, chimpanzee oh. study. Just so they could get a weed death. Yeah. They Look, were. it killed them. It killed the monkeys. But what about the Eminos? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, what about them? We're too close to the zoo. What about the Eminos? They're dead. <laughs> oh. Also, you know, I haven't seen the giraffes at the Kansas City Zoo for a long time. 
Oh, yeah. And after hearing that story on No Agenda about the giraffe jabs, I'm concerned. And I said it out loud last time we were there, and I shouldn't have. But I was like, man, I think the giraffes are dead. Mm, I hope they didn't give coop shots to giraffes. I hope not either. I want to see them again. They had that little baby. What a goddamn waste of everything. Yeah, exactly. Mainly giraffes is what you're wasting. Right. (laughs) We'll find out someday. Hopefully. <laughs> I hope so. Yes. I mean, on a long enough timeline, everything will come to light. That's my yes. na- that's my naive belief. Still waiting on that JFK shit, but um, all we got to do is wait, you know? Yeah. And, uh, wait and explore and ask the right questions. Yeah, that's right. Uh, like these uh, federal grand jury issued subpoenas uh, that are seeking information about payments to public officials and consultants as part of a criminal investigation into weed licensing in Baldwin Park, California, and other nearby cities. They want some answers. Uh, They're requesting records of meetings, emails, payments made to any city consultants or council members, uh, and any records connected to cannabis consultants or cannabis licensing outside of Baldwin Park. And I hear, or I've read, I didn't hear it, but I've read that the FBI and IRS are currently conducting interviews of some witnesses in this case. So we will probably see some corruption brought to light pretty soon over there, like we're seeing in a bunch of other places. Other spots in California, Mm -hmm. uh, Fall River, Massachusetts, you know. Just another day, just another yeah. corrupt politician taking bribes. Supplies, supplies. Yeah. And then let's see. Oh, yeah. Uh, California regulators ordered the destruction of a hemp field this week yeah. after the farmer allegedly applied pesticide that's not approved for use on the crop. <laughs> stupid! You're so stupid! That's what they said when they burned his whole crop down. <laughs> Uh, Bums me out. I know. It's you know, just too It's like they've got these players that have approved pesticides. I don't want to see any pesticides used, you know? In a perfect world, we've got some, like, permaculture going on where it's like, oh, yeah, we move the chickens to... <laughs> I don't describe it well. I'm not clearly not a permaculture farmer yet. Yet. But, you know. Yeah. It'd be great to just take care of the land and help the land heal itself yeah. and grow your hemp without the use of pesticides. I don't, you can't be but, smoking the pesticides, that's for sure. But again, it's like there's some pesticides they allow. Oh, right. Know? So yeah. it's like, oh, th- these the chemicals f- are fine. Those f- chemicals are bad. But really, I don't want any chemicals on my weed. The finger wag organic stuff. Yeah. Which, you know, just pay a little fee under the table for that. In Illinois, of course, they've got all... Their lawsuits going on, challenging the regulators of the weed licensing program, the process of getting licensed up there. And now the judge has approved a schedule for plaintiffs to join a super case lawsuit. So we can just see them all at once, stick them all in one place instead of having, I think there were four uh, that we've announced over the last five to ten shows Four new lawsuits, you know, and that's stacked on top of other ones. Yeah, they just keep on uh, growing and growing. Yeah, because of their social equity bullshit. You know, all of them are arguing that it's an unconstitutional scoring process and that the the scoring itself has a bunch of errors in it. 
You know, right, you might yeah. have two veteran-owned businesses that are applying for licenses, and one gets points because they're a veteran, and the other one didn't. Even though they're also a veteran. Yeah. A, yeah. The social equity bullshit. But, you know, again, it comes down to who sucked whose dick under the table to get their license approved. I think. That's just my opinion of how the game is played. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like... Uh... Your opinion, man. But the judge here is promising to make a ruling on how the cases will be consolidated by Thanksgiving. So we will stay on top of this. That's right. This is a BAB 33 exclusive. <laughs> Not really, but we'll, we'll follow it. We'll let you know what's up because um, it's, it's silly. It's just silly. But this is, you know, play stupid games, win stupid prizes, mm -hmm. Illinois. Looking at you. Right, so uh... there is another fear campaign coming out, and I haven't seen it uh, for about three years, maybe, I would guess. Um, but just this week, a story came out of Louisiana. A coroner warns that marijuana could soon be laced with deadly fentanyl. No. Not just any fentanyl, deadly fentanyl. Deadly no, fentanyl. No, I mean, we've all heard... We've all heard. You, you walk into the same room as the fentanyl, and you're, you're going to die. Yeah. If you say it too many times, you're going to die. You're going to kill the listeners just by saying that. Oh. Saying it that I many wouldn't, times. I wouldn't like that. Yeah. Um, it's that but, deadly. Yeah. That's how deadly it is. So, in East Baton Rouge Parish, 90% of drug overdoses included fentanyl, which isn't really a surprise at this point in time, I would say. Um but weed spiked with fentanyl? It just seems like a dumb move. I mean, I always hear about um, the weed lace thing, but with an opiate, it just doesn't make sense. Right. As far as cost goes, you know. There was a lot of, like, uh, laced with PCP stories in the 90s and, like, early aughts, you know. Yeah, well, I... Which is, like, I guess you could do it if you got some really dog shit weed, you know, but... For the most part, man, it just doesn't really work in actual reality because people don't come back <laughs> to a guy that sold them laced bullshit. Right. That's what I was going to say is don't, if you think your shit's laced, like, man, you're talking to the wrong people, right? Or like going to the wrong dispensary. 100%. Or whatever. That's just, it shouldn't even cross your mind. No. Although I do. If I, it's a disp now a dispensary, I think it would be absurd. <laughs> You would have a lawsuit on your Flat hands. Flat out fucking absurd. There's just too much at risk, you know? And these guys, you don't open a dispensary and then make fucking street dealer level dumb moves like that. Like, I'm not even talking street dealer level moves. I'm talking like cartel type shit. Yeah. You know? I mean, I don't know. Maybe there's some out there that do, but it just seems so... Harry Anslinger over the top, you know what I mean? It just seems like a... Oh, totally a fear propaganda yes. campaign as I started this whole story Billy out saying... Billy killed his entire family with and, an axe after smoking one reefer. And again, I heard this story before, maybe three years ago, but I don't know anyone, and I didn't hear any follow-up stories about actual people who smoked weed and died because there was fentanyl in it somehow. Right. You know, sprinkled on top or the weed was soaked with it. Like, don't you think it would just mess up the weed? You'd be like, hey, this doesn't smell like weed or hey, this doesn't feel sticky at all. Or 
hey, why is this so sharp? Like, I'm getting cuts on my hands from some crystals that are on here. That's not... Well, uh, I mean, if it's this deadly fentanyl, right, wouldn't you just die by breaking the weed up with your fingers? Because, like, it kills you when you touch oh, it. Oh, right. All those cops, they just, you know, pick up the little yeah. baggie, and that, that was enough. That's what I keep reading, is that this shit kills you when you touch it. Like, touch, like, a grain of rice-sized bit of fentanyl, and you die, like, right away. That's what I heard. Yeah. So I've I, never actually been around fentanyl, so I don't know shit about it. That's not true. Once in the hospital. Okay, well. <laughs> they gave me fentanyl. They gave it to you, so I've been around it. I don't know. I just heard No, it. not really. It was in an IV. IV. It wasn't like I saw it, you know? Yeah. That no. was cool, though. Oh, yeah. I went from fetal position to, man, I feel fine. I'm going to go to the bathroom. <laughs> got up and walked across the hall. You didn't die. After I had you, like, carry my ass into the hospital. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good times. I've only heard one weed horror story in real life from a Mexican uh, cartel level group, potentially, and that was that um, a joint had been dipped in PCP. Sure. You know? Well, and that's sometimes, like, if you're going to have that, it'll be like people fucking with you directly, you know? Right, yeah. It'll be like people handing you something that's fucked up. Not like, you're not going to go... I. I defy anybody to actually find in real life where you can go to dispensary. No, I was being a fuckhead when I said that. It's just silly. I know, but the, the whole or, scare is or, silly. Or going to a guy and he's going to be like, oh yeah, I've got really good shit. And then he gives you a bag and it's like, you know, unless unless he f- hates you personally because you fucking did something stupid or whatever. Or he decided that I just, it, otherwise it doesn't make sense. You know, it doesn't no. make a... Doesn't make any business sense. Oh, if they're a spook to be messing, trying with to people. rack up some kills for this story. Maybe, maybe, know? right? Yeah. You may be buying from a spook if. I mean, I just. Your weed is not really weed it just anymore. Seems stupid. It's definitely stupid, and that's why I brought it up as, oh, here's the new scare campaign. Yes. Um, Servo made a good point. Uh, laced with pesticides, more likely. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. So, in Michigan, uh, Witchy Whitmer signed House Bill 4295 last Thursday, which eliminates the medical business license ban for people with past convictions. But there is an exception. Anyone convicted of distributing weed to a minor, you still can't get a license. Uh, A business license. You can be a patient. Tricky, tricky, man. Tricky, tricky. Also in that House bill, it says that regulators may no longer consider the integrity, moral character, or reputation of an applicant in evaluating eligibility for licensure under that newly enacted law. Well, that's good, especially the reputation part. I mean... (laughs) Yeah. How silly have we been? Reputations aren't necessarily always earned, maybe, you know? Especially when you're just applying for a... A business application, like, you're going to ask around, like, what's the word on the street of this guy? Listen, you motherfuckers. Yep. Oh, well. Also in Michigan, an appeals court upheld a two-year suspension for a doctor who approved nearly 22,000 medical weed recommendations in one year. Because experts say it would have been impossible to conduct exams obtain medical histories, and take other necessary steps for that many patients. 
They don't, Where did it come from? You know, put experts in weed. In weed, yeah, put experts in weed. Put experts in parentheses, quotation marks. That's the word I'm looking for. Every time you hear it, who are these experts? I don't know. Anonymous sources say. Yes. But um, CNN contributors. <laughs> when they do the math, you know, they break it down. Yeah. Uh, it said the doctor would have had to see 60 patients every day, seven days a week, for all 12, the whole year. Yeah, that's a bit much. Yeah, 22,000 uh, recommendations a is a recommendation lot. farm. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Send me an email and I will hit the yes button on it. Yeah. Here's the form and I will email it right back to you. Automate that shit. But really, weed at this point, you know, medical recommendation. Do you get headaches? Do you want to fall asleep? Do you want to feel like good, man? Does your back hurt? Yeah. It comes you down wanna, to that. Just like I recommend smoking weed. You want to just get home from work and relax and watch the boob tube? You want to feel pretty good, like it helps. You want to have a tougher time uh, staying on task, but the trade-off is that you feel really good. Then just smoke some weed, man. That's all right. Smoke weed every day. <laughs> smoke weed every day. <laughs> just smoke that. Smoke weed every day. Oh my goodness. Yes, as your weedy podcaster, that is my recommendation to you. Or don't. Or don't. Or don't. Do whatever you want. Exactly. So far, it's still a free country, maybe. That's what they've told us. Uh, it's a free bowl. It's a free basement. <laughs> My basement's really free, dude. Yes. The bowl. Like the freest. Will always be a free bowl for the bowlers to enjoy freedom in. But here in the Show Me State, uh, some folks, some regulators, might not be enjoying freedom for much longer. Uh-oh. Uh, because here, we also have... Two federal grand jury subpoenas coming in. Uh, let's see. This comes about a year after authorities issued an initial demand for records from the state. Uh, of course, they are looking into potential bribery when it came to the licensing application process. Surprise, surprise. Um, and these subpoenas are directing the Department of Health and Senior Services, who regulate the medical market here, to provide any and all records pertaining to medical marijuana applications mm. for four specific individuals that have not been named. Um, but what was interesting is, as I was reading this article, there was uh, some you know, FBI's involved, the DEA's involved, and then they name-dropped an agent from the DEA. And I thought, man, that name looks kind of familiar. He's the DEA agent that was name-dropped in our story either last week or the week before, about the van that was stopped driving from the medical dispensaries here through Kansas to put the cash money made oh, yeah. from dispens legal dispensaries here into Colorado banks, you know, for safekeeping. That agent was name-dropped in that article also. Uh, and, you know, we'll see where that goes, too. It's been a busy boy, hasn't it? Can he? the Kansas, uh, yeah, can Kansas law enforcement seize... Hundreds of thousands of dollars that were legally obtained from legal sales in a, you know, medically legal state? I would think not, but... Flare up the Kansas-Missouri border war you know, again, bro. It is on, folks. It is on. Kansas? It is on! No weed. Oppressed. Not green at all, Kansas. You'd think yeah. a little bit of that smoke would have drifted over from Colorado by now. Jeez. Well, you know, they did have their first uh, bill, like a weedy bill. Remember right. that? Yep. It's kind of all show. It's like, look, we're open to yeah. it. You know, this isn't going to go anywhere, though. So we don't have to worry about it. press conference of a bill, but... Yeah, you know. It's always... <laughs> Making history. It's always that baby step. One press conference at a time. Yeah. 
the Montana Department of Revenue has proposed some new rules that are also strict, kind of like the dispensaries can't sell CBD products. You know, that level, goofy. Uh, They're doing what Michigan just undid, prohibiting people with any kind of criminal conviction from the past three years from working in the legal industry, the legal cannabis industry. So there's going to be a public hearing on it November 30th, and comments are being accepted until December 6th. So get in there. Get check your, it out. Get your opinion heard, yeah. Link in the show notes. Uh, New York regulators approved rules for the cannabinoid hemp program, allowing the sale of whole hemp flour and edibles, but banning Delta 8. Wow. Yeah, That's not 50 state say, legal. Just, wow. Slowly rolling back from 50 state yeah. legal. I think Idaho is the one that banned uh, the CBD stuff, right? Because it's 49 state legal. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. Now 48. 48. Uh, Texas had that play where they were saying, oh, we're going to make it uh, Schedule 1. But actually today there was an update on that. Delta 8 is temporarily legal in Texas after a district court judge blocked the state from criminalizing the extract. So, uh, you know, the state wanted to list it as Schedule 1. They said no. Under the farm bill, it's totally legal. Uh, Because, you know. Douchebag Pat asks in the bowl what... uh D8 is, <clears throat> Delta 8, is just another cannabinoid, another THC. Uh, in fact, I have here from Boobery this uh, nice canister of Delta 8 gummies, 25 milligrams per gummy, uh, and it says Delta 8 hemp. So uh, they're marketing it as hemp. It still gets you stoned as a billy goat. Um, yeah, feels like Delta 9 THC. Delta 9. You eat that whole gummy. Delta 9 <laughs> is like the... One that everybody refers to is just THC. If you say THC, it's Delta 9, THC is its full name. Delta 8 and Delta 10 are two similar uh, tetrahydrocannabidiols. Yeah, say that three times fast. Tetrahydrocannabidiol. Tetrahydrocannabidiol. Tetrahydrocannabinol. <laughs> We're behind uh, the curtain. Cannabinol. There's no use. Cannabinol. Cannabinini? Cannabinol. Yeah, so they kind of... I mean, a lot of these products are marketed in the same way CBD products are marketed, in that it's basically legal under the under the Farm Bill hemp laws. It's yeah. just hemp. It's just hemp. It's just hemp. Which is fine in the sense of, uh, you know, breaking down it's, regulations and, not, and having loopholes, but... It's ridiculous. It's definitely not hemp. <laughs> yeah, it's not hemp. It's not hemp. It's, uh, it's stony shit, bro. Right. I've eaten it myself. It's difficult to, you know, complete your grocery store trip once um, you get uh, zoinked out on these gummies, yeah, which is fun. The Delta Eight, it's great. It's not going to hurt anybody, but it's not him. No, no, it's not. You know, just a CBD. Yeah, it's a different animal. Tincture, whatever. It's great. Um, I recommend it. Now, the DEA did signal that. They don't consider Delta-8 a controlled substance at this time either um, because, you know, Delta-9, that's that's all they're looking at. I think mainly the reason for all that, too, is it's just it doesn't pop a field test, you know. the Only Delta-9 does. The field tests are all made specifically to find this one isolated compound, which is Delta-9-THC, and so... You know, the drug kits all say weed. We're testing for marijuana here. But really what they're testing for is the presence of Delta-9-THC. One cannabinoid. 
So it's just, it's very difficult to enforce if you can't send it off and pop a positive on THC because Mm. it's a different, it's a different uh, isolate. Yeah. And the federal farm bill uh, that passed in 2018 defines lawful marijuana extracts as anything with lower than 0.3% Delta 9. So um, there were two Delta 8 wins that came recently. One was a DEA letter sent to the Alabama Board of Pharmacy back in September. Uh, I will have it in the show notes. Um, They said that Delta 8 would only be controlled under the Controlled Substances Act if it is synthetically produced from non-cannabis materials. Okay. Okay. And then there was a virtual town hall hosted by the Florida Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services in June, uh, and they were joined by an agent from the DEA and USDA, and I brought a, I brought a clip of what he said about Delta-8. And I, I also just want to expand beyond Delta-8. There's Delta-8, there's Delta-10, there's all kinds of different uh, uh, cannabinoids that uh, associated with cannabis sativa L uh, that, that are, are kind of out there and making the rounds. So, so what I want to say and, and be very, very, uh, I'll be very deliberate and, and clear at this time, I repeat again, at this time, uh, the, per the farm bill, the only thing uh, that is a controlled substance is Delta nine THC greater than 0.3% based on a dry weight basis. Um, you know, I, I, we, I, I can tell you, everyone on the phone is that uh, DEA, USDA, FDA, uh, you know, and others at uh, Health and Human Services um, are certainly aware of the concern of Delta-8. Uh, you know, we certainly are monitoring and receive reports of, of, of whether it be, you know, poisonings and other things. Uh, and I, what I can tell you is that we are working closely with our interagency colleagues across the interagency, because this is more than just DHS, I'm sorry, DEA, uh, DEA this is also FDA uh, and others, uh, to uh, look at all the different policy uh, options and science on Delta-8. And uh, we certainly understand that there is a large uh, clamor for, uh, for very specific guidance on and, and legality of that uh, cannabinoid. Yeah, so I didn't want to just quote him. I figured I'd just put him saying his own words in there. Nice. Yeah. Well, so he's a... a win for Texas, a win for Delta 8, and um, what else? C-Dub is asking about how do they get the Delta 8 out. Uh, the, the stuff I'm familiar with, the products that I've seen here locally, um, what they claim to do, and I don't know, I don't, I haven't been in to any of these places to uh, actually check it out. But what they say, what they say that this product is, and they sold pre rolls and nugs and gummies, is CBD flour, which is just uh, selectively selectively bred to be extremely low, almost no THC delta nine. Uh, and then they add Delta-8 Keef to it. Um, how they separate out the Delta-8 in the Keef, I'm not exactly sure if it's also selective breeding or if it's uh, other separations. But they said there's no extraction process. It's all it's all just natural nug. They sprinkle Keef onto the CBD nug. Natural nug. 
But it, yeah. would, it would it would have to be pulling it out somehow because it's uh it's just it's not a super abundantly uh, available cannabinoid. It's not like it's not like in the plants in abundance. It's just crazy, and I'm seeing pushes for like CBG, CBN. You know, they want to isolate all of these things and market them, but it's it's so tiresome to me. Just whole plant medicine. What's wrong with that? Whole plant medicine. The entourage effect. Anyone? You know, like. God made it. It's perfect the way it is. Yeah. I guess that's just my opinion. Yeah, the best way to get it is just a plant, and then you pluck a nug off, and then it's well-grown and bred to get you pretty baked. That's the way to do it. Yeah. But because of a bunch of dumbass laws that we have, people have to make these little clever ways to get around the laws and and basically do the same thing anyway, just in a, a more convoluted way. Yeah. Well, hey, back in Oregon, Deschutes County... They received a renewed federal grant to combat illegal cultivation because Oregon's been on a tear trying to find all this illegally grown weed. Uh, And they are receiving more than $550,000. What they're going to do with it? Who knows? Uh, No, they say they're going to hire and train detectives, um, you know, and focus on uh, finding these illegal grows, I guess. Uh, They did say specifically they're targeting hemp farmers. So if you have more than 0.3% THC, uh, you know, break down your operation, destroy it. Um, But also they mentioned Mexican cartels um, and said that two counties, Jackson and Josephine, have requested emergency assistance from the governor for cartel-related cases, which, of course, involve other criminal components like human trafficking, money laundering, etc. But the money is coming from a DEA program called High Intensity Drug Trafficking Area Funds, and they focus on trafficking corridors like U.S. Highway 97 was the example they gave. Hmm. So look out. Pay me a visit. (laughs) No, don't want to see any of them. Um... And, you know, would it be a bowl if we didn't talk about South Dakota? Probably not. No, no. What are they up to now? Well, the first provisional medical marijuana dispensary license was issued in Rapid City, South Dakota. And it happened last token Tuesday. Wow. You know, as the show was going on. It was on a show day. They were feeling the love. They were like, let's give out the first license because it's token Tuesday. Yeah. Duh. And wouldn't you know, uh, it was issued to a... A dispensary called Puffy's, and their address is 3310 Campbell Street. Magic number. How about that? Yeah. Magic first license. Um, Applications for patient cards are being accepted now. So, you know, if you live in South Dakota and you want to be in that database, go ahead. Fill out the application. Go ahead. Do it online. Um, And finally... The activists in South Dakota who were gathering signatures to put recreational back on the ballot did not get enough signatures by the deadline, which was yesterday, which is, uh, as their state puts it, the deadline is a year before the ballot that you wanted on. So they might still have a chance, though, because in August, a district court in South Dakota ruled that the state election law requiring signatures for ballot initiatives to be submitted a year ahead of the election 
was unconstitutional. Oh, boy. And uh, they pushed the deadline to six months before an election. So uh, if they can cite this law and run with it, they can. They have till May 3rd now to get 16,961 more valid signatures. That's cool. And they're confident they can get that. Um, but, you know, I don't think South Dakota is going to be too happy with that. And the Secretary of State site says that the litigation in that case is ongoing. You yeah, know, like, sure. oh, you probably they'll, can't cite that. They'll put the brakes on just about. <laughs> Are you a weed issue? We don't want that around here. Right, yeah. Uh, and, of course, the Supreme Court is still considering a review of the constitutionality of, uh, you know, the voter-approved legalization in 2020 that was challenged with a lawsuit funded by Governor Kristi Noem's administration. Uh, so could that be put back into play? I think it should. Um, and then the third option here for South Dakota, not really an option, but just like all these uh, pieces battling on the board for legalization, is that lawmakers are working to advance legislation that's uh, currently pending action before the executive board before potentially being formally introduced early next year. But as we've mentioned in previous shows, this legislation has no home grow option and it stipulates that any dispensary weed has to be grown indoors. Yeah. So, no bueno. Don't want that. Let's just get that voter approved initiative in action like it should have been the whole Correct. time. Yeah, stop stop <laughs> subverting the will of the voters. It's very annoying. Yeah, that would be nice. Why you know? even vote? Just a little respect. Like, you fuckers work for us. It's not the other way around. Never forget. Ugh, it makes me crazy, dude. And also, never forget that there's a metal moment coming. Never forget, never forget. Actually, I have something special Ooh. that I've never heard before, uh, but was just slid in my DMs before the show. Oh, yeah. Let's see, Sliding what, into let's those see what DMs. it's all about. Let's see what it's all about. And I probably... Almost guaranteed I'm going to have to reroute my audio, of course. Because nothing can stay the same, you know, if you make it and set it. No, you can't set it and forget it. You, you can't have even... to set it and remember it and tweak it every single time. You always got to play with it. You got to jiggle handles. You got to open sound settings. You got to go to advanced sound options and all this complicated crap. You know what I mean? It's like. Is this all because you added a third monitor? Uh, I don't know what it's really, what's really about, but uh, let's listen. Heavy metal is for life. You'll see these metal poles. Poles. They want the metal poles. Poles are still there. Yeah. <laughs> you never notice them unless somebody points them out. Metal poles. Metal poles. Metal poles. They use the choppy killer's poles now. Yeah, metal poles. The metal poles. Oh, I love it. Oh, man. Maybe that'll be when the metal pole is up. That's yeah, right. that's from Mr. Fletcher. He uh, called it metal moment. All right. Thanks, uh, Fletcher. Get our metal poles. Because that's how the Rev decides where he's taking us for the metal moment every week. And this month, he's been focusing on unusual instruments in metal. You decide the fate of the metal moment by voting. 
That's right. In the Revs polls. And what won this week? Let's find Let's out. Let's find out. In the bowl and in the morning, this here is the Reverend Cybertrucker with this week's Metal Moment. You've probably noticed that Leon Racchioli has made it onto Metal Moment more than once. That's because the dude's pretty prolific. I mean, he puts out almost one video every week, and he's been doing so for the last several years. One of the other great things about Leo is that he usually tries to put some kind of unusual instrument in every one of his songs, and his cover of X's and O's is no exception. This week's winner, the tuba. Good choice on the tuba. Good call. Tuba, well, if you want to weigh in on what the next unusual instrument is going to be for uh, the Metal Moment next Tuesday, you just follow old Reverend Cyber Trucker. He's on uh, noagendasocial.com at R-E-V Cyber Trucker. R-E-V-C-Y-B-E-R Trucker at noagendasocial.com. Yeah. Thank you, Rev. Always great with the Metal Moment. I love that that became a thing. That was awesome. Always awesome. You know what else is awesome, though? Every what? single one of you bowlers out there. Every single one of you bowlers out there calling you really in. Are. Calling in that voicemail line. You guys are something else, man. You guys are the shit. And uh, every week we listen, hear what you have to say. And this week is no exception. What were we talking about? The first time I ever got a job. Because, you know, everybody's trying to say that bowlers, they ain't never getting jobs or whatever. Like, I don't know about you guys, but. The bowlers I know have had like the most jobs out of anyone. Yeah. Just random, all different walks of life, different skill sets, like the jacks of all trades. Yeah. Well, you got to get a gerb to buy your derbs. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, duh. Yes. They you, got jobs. You got to get a gerb to buy your derbs. Job that, after uh, job. No doubt about that. Job after job. Uh, they so, don't take any shit from their jobs. So no doubt this next caller is just going to start us off by just disproving this nasty uh, stereotype once and for all and forever. Google, are you kidding me? Yeah, yet again we have to reroute audio. It's like it's like every time with this guy. Every time. Google's always kidding you though. Come on. That's true. They We're can't, behind the curtain, but they can't be serious for like two on. seconds. Kind of like this next caller. You can't be serious either. You can't be serious. Can you see that juice? Yeah, so the first job I ever had um, was 
probably actually, you know, I mean, I, I'm just trying to think. I think I think it was actually. Um, so I remember the first time I went to Hawaii. My mom had moved when I was, um, you know, I don't know when I when I was still uh, in grade school, and uh, and so I went to go visit her one summer, and she was living in a in a in a uh, what do you call it, or a condominium in in, in Kailua-Kona on the Big Island, and uh, next door to that was a miniature golf course. And so that was, uh, and, and, you know, and I did things like pull weeds, of which there was a lot in, in you know, an outdoor miniature golf course. They had, um, they, for, for a little bit, they had, you know, a little, you know, a little shack with maybe a video game or two in it. Um, and I got to work, you know, I probably did a, you know, I mean, it's not really a retail environment, but that was probably one of the first jobs I had. And it was, uh, you know, it worked out, you know, it, it, it was, a, it was, a, it was a nice summer job. Uh, it, it worked out okay. Um, you know, most of the jobs I had since then were, uh, or maybe not like that. Uh, you know, I, it's, I, most of, I, um, I worked for my uh, stepfather fixing computers. This is, this is how I learned all of the cool and groovy things that I've learned. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, I just, uh, you know, that is, uh, but, uh, you know, now I'm, I don't know. Now, now I've been working for the same company for, well, a really long time. Um, so yeah, I haven't, I haven't had a search for a job in a while, but uh, I think it's, uh, um, you know, of course, then you have, then, you know, I, I could see this question going many different directions, but I, but the, um, yeah, the, actually, of course, the first time I made money, which, uh, was I, I sang at a pizza parlor with my dad when I was three years old. And, uh, and, uh, yeah, that was the first dollar I made. Um, uh, and, uh, yeah, I, I remember singing the Eagles song, uh, Lion Eyes, which is, yeah, maybe not something that a, uh, that a three year old should be singing, but yeah, <laughs> you know, I did a lot of things that a three year old shouldn't be doing or, you know, young kids should be doing if you go back through my history. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Love you, mean it. Love you, phone boy. Love you. Yeah, I'm thinking uh, that job, it's like the first job you can get was my thought. But that's the beauty of the first time I ever topic. You know, it's like open to interpretation. And many bowlers see it from a different perspective. You know, first time you made a dollar. Uh, I hadn't even considered that angle because I was quite mm. young when I started selling candy bars. In the Cub Scouts, you know, it was like extra young. But but I'm thinking for my first time I ever, it's like you had to wait until you were a certain age to even legally get a job, and then you're like on a W-2 real job. Okay, on papers. That's what I'm thinking, but I don't know. taxes. Some people would be like, well, you know, I got paid under the table and I could start earlier. I like that stories too. That counts as a job. Yeah. This next call counts as a job 100%. Hey, guys, this is A1. Hey, uh, A1. in with you in the bowl. In the bowl, A1. Uh, my first job was, I, I had just turned 16, and I started working at a, it used to just be a ice cream parlor, and uh, and they had a couple of arcade games in there, Legend of Kaji, uh, Golden Axe, I think, <laughs> and... Uh, one, I think, obviously, they had, like, Miss Pac-Man or something like that because every place had Pac-Man, you know. That was always a, a guaranteed return on investment. Definitely. And uh, But that place went down, you know, so uh, eventually came back, but also coupled with barbecue. So they called it Fancy Pig Barbecue and Ice Cream. Ooh. And uh, that was my first foray into working. And uh, that was probably making uh, $3.75 an hour, maybe. 
350, 375, I can't remember what the weight was back in 1995-ish, 96. Very nice. So, anyway, yeah, it was a good time, a lot of good music, and uh, I watched a lot of crazy stuff in there because it was mostly run by kids just a couple of years older than I was who were graduating high school and they were seniors. So, anyway, end, this, end the bowl. In the bowl, A1. In the bowl. Very cool. I'm into that. Barbecue yeah, and ice fun. cream? What's better than that? With the Pac-Man machine. Now, I, I always preferred the Pac-Man machine that's like a table, and it's flat, and so like you can... Oh, yeah. person can sit across from you, too. And sometimes it's like doubled up with Galaga, even. But uh, any of those arcade Pac-Mans are fun. And he's right. That's like... That's the one everyone's going to play. You know, Street Fighter, some people just are like... It's a great game, but some people just don't do the mashers. But just about everybody... Drop a quarter to the Pac-Man or the Galaga. Oh, yeah. They're like the... The classics. The Venn diagram that goes the widest. Almost as wide as this next caller goes on his Venn diagram. So, 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 all right. All right. First time I ever ran a stop sign. <laughs> all right. Uh, hmm. Well... <laughs> See, I, uh, we, we were, God, I, was, I guess I was, for legal purposes, I'll say I was 17, even though allegedly I might have been one year older than that. Okay. We were, it was me, two chicks, and my best bud, and we're driving around, you know. We're driving right by the jail, police station, and courthouse on the same block. We got a jar ounce full of OG Kush, like a full jar with an ounce packed into it, we got two bongs that we were hitting while driving. We just, like... What? You know, normal people would maybe, like, get something more discreet to smoke, but no, we were fucking idiots. So we were smoking two bongs while we drive (laughs) past the jail, courthouse, and police station. And I run a stop sign, and then everybody freaks out at me because I was so baked, I wouldn't even pay attention. I just drive (laughs) straight through the stop sign. We look over, and none of the police cars were paying attention to us. Oh Nobody God. was really out in the parking lots of any of those places and those establishments, and we rolled on through. And uh, nothing bad happened, even though it probably should have. It's <laughs> uh, the first time I ever ran a stop sign. All right. Well, that's the first time, man. That's a dangerous stop sign run, my man. Can you find it? There it is. He found it. Found it. That off button is sometimes a pain in the ass. They put it like... Right where you can't reach it. Ugh. First time I ever ran a stop sign. Hey, that's going on the list for consideration, just so you know. Uh, thank you for the call, call, oh, yeah. caller. Um, man, I knew a lot of guys. <laughs> a lot of my friends were just like that, where you'd just be like, they'd get picked up, and you'd be like, "You wait, you were smoking bowls where? In the church parking lot on Main Street? What? Cue, that's a dumb place to keep bowls. <laughs> yeah, right. That's a dumb place to keep bowls. See, I had it. <laughs> I had it. At the ready. I had it. I wasn't as ready as this next caller was. Hey, in the bowl. In the bowl. Cersei and Mike here. Hey, uh, see My Mike. first job was about as boring as you could think. It's uh, the small town version of McDonald's, except they weren't franchised. And I got the flip burgers and make food and clean, greasy grease traps and crap like that. Yeah. And uh, the first job from which I ever got fired. Certainly not the last. In the bowl. <laughs> in the bowl. In the bowl. See, Mike, the rebel always getting fired there. Well, there you go. That's that's like the 
ultimate stereotype first job, right? Burger flipper? Flipping burgers. Like hometown burger flipping. It wasn't even McDonald's. It was like Ted's or something. Your hometown gets just like a guy's name probably. Is that the deal? Ernie's. Steak and eggs and we flip burgers. At least one of those things is true. Just like this next caller. First time I ever got a job was at the Beef Jerky Outlet. Oh, shit. The Beef Jerky Outlet. Short and sweet. Did you get an employee discount? Please tell me you got an employee discount at the Beef Jerky Outlet, man. Mm, I know what my I know what my stocking stuffers for my whole list would be. <laughs> Everyone's getting jerky in the stocking. And a jerky for you. And a jerky for you. In the bowl. In the bowl, sir, seat, sitter. In the bowl. Sir, sir. Sir, 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 seat, sit, sit, sitter. Er, er, er. Oh, uh, hey, this is uh, oh, Nick hey. the Rat. I oh, Nick the Rat! The job I ever had um, nice. was maybe behind a 7-Eleven. Oh, maybe, uh-huh. though. Um, Allegedly. It was it was like a Friday night. I'm hanging out with some friends. We're all drinking and smoking. And this fine, this fine little rat thing. Ooh, ooh. And I think her name was like Danielle or something. Oh, or Danielle. Dan. I, 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 I forget exactly what its name was, but but let me tell you, the first blowjob you ever get is probably the most rememberable one ever. It's, <laughs> it, it, it's burned in my mind. I can't not... Uh, wait, what are we talking about? Uh, jobs. Jobs. Uh, jobs and jobs. Let's blow for jobs. Thank you for calling <laughs> Nick the Rat. Yeah. It's uh, tough out there for a rat sometimes, especially when you're first starting out as a rat, you know. You got to sneak behind the 7 but And it's okay, Nick the Rat. We all know it was the Circle K. You don't have to hide, disguise it was the 7 Eleven. It's nothing to be ashamed of. No, no judgment here. Yeah. It's the Circle K. It was fine. It's fine. You can say it. That's a great job story. Yeah, that's a great. I mean, if you get to start you, the somewhere, best of jobs. you get to start strong, right? <laughs> uh, nothing stronger, though, than this next caller. Hey there, this is Douchebag Pat from Michigan Local Number One. Douchebag Pat. First of all, I do miss the little wolf cub. Oh, uh, me too. Thought of him as the third guest on the show. Oh, yeah. Hey, you asked about first jobs. Well, this is actually my third job. I was about 14, 13, 14 years old. I was working at a meat packing plant, and um, I was on the kill floor, and it was my first week of working, mm. so it's all new to me. and pretty, you know, gruesome and all that. And um, the the thing called the blood pit got clogged. So they had a mm. sort of like a cement manhole cover. You climb down, they're holding on to the, you know, basically re-rod cast into the concrete. And I had a glorified broomstick poking up at the holes trying to unclog it. The blood down below, by the way, was bacterialized, and it was green and blue. Ooh. And wouldn't you know it? with the rubber boots and the sweaty hands and, and slime and goo and everything, I slip and I fall right into that snotty mess. Oh, oh no. And I tell you what, um, you can't swim in that. You can't stand in that. You can't push up on it. And it was, I was just sort of laying there prone, kind of like submerged almost, you know, it always seemed to be between my mouth and nose, the level of that. Anyhow, I started Oof. like dog paddling and swimming back. And I was puking every single stroke. Oh my god! I, it still gives me the dry heat That's just thinking about fucking it. Fucking rough, dude. That, and they had a they had a shower that I just went underneath and hit into, and in front of everybody, I stripped down, 
because I was like, that was the nastiest thing I ever experienced. I should oh, imagine. Okay, everybody have good dreams. <laughs> These people are sick. Oh, that was a hell of a story. Wow. It's always that third job you got to watch out for. See, we I, I apologize to our listeners. We ask for the first job, but sometimes you get the third job because it's just more memorable, man. Yeah. Thanks for the story, you know, that story. It's true. Wow, douchebag pet. I hope your jobs have gotten better since, man. Me too. Because that sounds very rough. Ooh. That was just a moment of silence for douchebag pet. Wow. Wow. Okay, this next caller. Wash your ears. Oh, hello, hello. Hello, hello. Oh, I hit it pretty hard tonight. Oh, so all right. Forgive me. Uh, I can sound. I can hear it. A little haggard. That's all right. I am super fucking baked. You're take Holy off, shit! Huh? I am baked as a motherfucking cookie. Uh oh. And a cake. And a souffle. Can you? I'm bake being a baked. I'm being baked like a cake. Can you need a birth certificate. <laughs> I don't fucking know. Um. <laughs> Hi, hello, in the bowl. In the bowl. Yo, yo, yo. I have been having a motherfucking day, let me tell you. Holy shit, the day. Uh oh. I'm alive, though, and I'm listening to the bowl. I'm listening to bowl after bowl. Yay. So my life is pretty good, no matter what I'm feeling. And I'm feeling gratitude that you are here in my life, and I get to listen to you live. Oh shit! Life slice is going. It's all right. It's all right. The dude abides. No the doubt. Abides. Fuck. And um, been catching a lot of heat lately. Uh oh. A lot of fucking heat, and also a lot of support. You always supported me, and I really appreciate that. Well, cheers. And um, guess. you know, you make people feel loved. You spread that love. You spread that goodness so wholeheartedly, and so mm. I would say abundantly throughout the the community. I can't thank you enough. I really can't. Like I don't care if I'm getting all what I call um, the term that I use when I get like this is mush kush. Mush kush. It's the species I want to breed. Uh, <laughs> it's the strain. I want to name my own strain mush kush. Mush kush. And, um, I'm getting all mush kushy on you. Uh oh. Yeah, I like it. I dig it because. I'm never scared with you, and thank you. Thank you for being such loving, wonderful, radiant, awesome, intelligent, and encouraging individuals. I will call back with a story about how I got my first job. Oh, you tease. Um, since I'm just about to run out of time. Yeah. No, it's all good. And, um, thank you. I'll talk to you soon. I'm going to talk to you right now. You just wait soon. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. All right. Thank Out you. with the fucking story. Thank you. Okay, here we go. Here we go. So, big deal. Big, hairy, stinking deal. <laughs> um, Stinking, hairy, and hairy, stinking. Are those Cabbage Patch? Garbage Pail <laughs> Kids garbage cards? Garbage Kids? Probably. <laughs> Sounds right. Um, I was pretty young. I don't know what technically qualifies. Like, it's your first job doesn't have to be legal. It's very legal. No, it's not. My first legal job on the books was actually at a Papa John's Pizza. <laughs> I was 16. But um, I had under-the-table jobs before that, lots of them. And I'd say my first one started when I was 
um, like 13 when I first started babysitting and heading into 14. Um, it was one of the things, as I said on other voicemails, I was really good at it. Yeah. You know? I had the touch. Actually shopped around. The knack. <laughs> I didn't realize I was being shopped around. Oh, nice. Until I started having other parents come to me. It's a referral business, to totally. Sit their kids, yeah. watch their kids while they're out. So I was like, oh, finally. Been told I'm a piece of shit my whole life and I can't do anything. Blah, blah, blah. I could, and I did. And I took other offers from other parents, and they would have to pick me up and everything. But from, like, you know, 13 to 15, that happened. And they really loved how I took care of their children. I was good with them. I cared about them. And I, I protected them and nurtured them, even the badly behaved ones. Um, yeah, and I got to say, that taught me a lot about work ethic and how to conduct myself professionally. Um because I happen to, how much time do I have? I happen to get in with some really good parents. And, um, yeah, parents that none of the husbands hit on me or anything, like the wives. I just, they were great parents. I was, was really lucky. The parents that I didn't have. <laughs> hmm. Parents like yourself. So, Vicarious yeah, parents. I got to also see what it's like when healthy family units function and how they function. And um, that was invaluable experience. I really enjoy watching those kids taking care of them i was good at it. it made me feel worthwhile and understand how things work when they work well yeah so you also model that for us i think i'm about to run out of time again i really love you have a great show and a great no oh, i love you quick ass we love you yeah it's all love in the bowl man it's all love in the bowl most and definitely man quick ass you just put that so eloquently it was just so beautiful. Like, my first job that I would consider a job was also babysitting. Uh, and it wasn't on papers. But what you said about modeling how a family is supposed to be, like, I totally feel that. Because I grew up with grandparents and no siblings. And then my first family I babysat for had three kids. And it was so much fun. That was the funnest job in the world. Uh, but yeah, my first on-paper job... Which is how I was gonna originally answer this yeah. was uh was with Wendy's. Wendy's. Yeah, greasy, greasy, and I learned a lot about working with other people and how everyone is just nuts in their own way. <laughs> and oh man, it was not fun. Nah. I was. I knew one thing for sure, and that's that I didn't want that to be my only job. Fast food is tough, Oof. man. Fast food is tough. For sure. But thickened my skin. I bet, yeah. I had a real cunt of a manager. You can't really... Not everyone can hack it for the distance in the fast food. It's like Oof. everyone perceives that as a job. Like, oh, anybody can do that. It's like, well... No. I don't know, man. I'd lose my shit if I did that for too long. <laughs> Worked at a, a number of different fast food places. Um, I was too short to work the line, which is where I feel like you're supposed to start, you know? Yeah. You make the food. Right. Yeah, so that you really know all products inside and out, whatever. Yep. Well, I was too damn short. I couldn't reach the buns. Uh, so, like, I never got problem. to do the flipping burgers part. I was always the smiling face at the front or the smiling face at the drive-thru. Oh, yeah. boy. At T-Bell, you probably wouldn't have done it. It would have been, like, questionable if you were reaching the tortilla warmer. <sighs> The tortilla grill. Yeah. And you can't but, use a stool because it's so slippery right. back there, you know? Mm-hmm. 
Like I a was, melt crate, it would just slip right off of I it. I wanted to be more useful. I was like, I'll use a stool. I'll put a stool. I can still do it. They were like, no, you just cannot. Yeah, it's a liability. Legally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was Taco Bell your first job? No, actually, no. Oh, thank yeah. goodness. It was my first job in Colombia when I moved. Yeah. But it wasn't my first job overall. Um, but this next caller is going to go before me. I was trying to think of the first job that I had. Uh first thought of like mowing the lawn but that was more like chores yeah, uh, yeah. my grandma paid me to mow her lawn too uh that was on like a riding lawnmower actually it was a tractor at one point but then my grandfather was getting uh alzheimer's and uh they bought they went from like this big huge deck mower that was probably like four foot wide down to like this 42 or 48 inch cut like lawn riding lawnmower so, uh, and then they had like four acres of lawn. So it took like, you know, better part of a month to mow their goddamn lawn. But, um, yeah, I only did it cause it was so big and I just, <clears throat> you'd mow the crap out of it, uh, down really low, almost to, uh, till it was dead. But, uh, and then I didn't have to come back for a couple of weeks. Uh, so, but other than that, I used to go stay with my uncle in Northern Michigan and he had a lumber mill. And, uh, <clears throat> I would, uh, do what they call running tail, which, uh, it's not as fun as it sounds. Uh, you're basically standing on the other side of the, uh, blade with, uh, some rollers there on like a conveyor, kind of manual conveyor roller. Uh, and the boards would come off and you would stack them. Uh, you would also sticker them because you have to put sticks in between them. So when you put them into a kiln, the air can circulate around them, and they'll all dry evenly. So uh, I did that up there, and then I also, he would have me, uh, I was young when I was doing this, like 11, 12, maybe, I don't know if I was 10, but oh. he <laughs> set me up with this John Deere, huge, huge, huge John Deere tractor with this big, like, road grading implement on the back of it, Whoa. and I drive it around the saw, sawmill to uh, kind of, like, flatten out the to like driveways through there and just kind of smooth it all out, get the big huge rocks out and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Uh, and then in between, at that time I was still I was going in and working for my dad too. Uh, so uh, he had a drafting business and uh, I'd go in and draft. The only thing I was, uh, I was, oh, I'm probably gonna come up on. Am I gonna hit it? Oh, I think I am. Did you hit it? Don't call back. Oh, <laughs> call right back, caller. It's all right. So I was working for my dad, uh, doing drafting on a drafting board. Uh, it kind of sucked because I'm, I'm left-handed and I would drag my hand across uh, pretty much everything that I did when I was. It wasn't too bad when you're drawing lines and uh, object lines and dimension lines with extension lines and connecting lines and arrowheads. But uh, when I would go That's to a lot lettering, of lines, stuff, man. Uh, do dimensions and. With the lettering on the drawing, I would smear my hand across everything. My dad would be like, whoa, yeah. I can't hear this. You know. Uh, Lefty. And then it was worse because there was a paper that's actually linen that's got like a matting on it uh, that allowed you to draw on it. If you washed it in like a wash machine or something, it would turn into a piece of blue linen because it had a blue hue to it. Um, anyways, I uh, did that. But then for a long time, they had what they call uh, – well, mylar. It was a mylar with a matting on one side. And then those pens were more almost like a crayon. They really don't 
they can write on a, on paper, but it's not as uh, it doesn't write as nice as lead. It's more of a, uh, a plasticky material, kind of. Uh, but yeah, uh, that was my first job. It was uh, exciting. Uh, at my dad's, I would find um, they had like a storage area that you would go into, and uh, after a while, I figured out that guys were going out there and smoking pot. Uh-huh. So uh, I'd find roaches and shit all over the place there. Shit. I was like 15, uh. 16 years old. So I was like, score! <laughs> anyway, in the bowl. In, in the, the bowl, Hmm. Sorry, I swallowed the whiskey a little different. It wasn't a sneeze. It was, <laughs> it was a whiskey misfire. Yeah, uh, left-handed, man. I, I can re- I relate to the smudging. This happens. Ah, uh, you lefties. I set my whiskey on this uh, coaster right here. It says, everyone is born right-handed, only the gifted overcome it. Mm. So there you have it, Ned Ned. Cheers to you and uh, all the left-handed bowlers out there. Not that right-handed people are like... Less than. Yeah, less than, let's say. (laughs) That's not what we're trying to imply. I know. We're just trying to say the lefty guys, there's something there. You got the spice melange. A little different going on, you know. (laughs) Something special. Something special. Kind of like this next caller. We know it. We know it. We guarantee it. Oh, yeah, one more thing I forgot to tell you. Yes, this is the last voicemail, I promise. Number three, uh, and that's it. Third time's so charm, baby. So um, I could just do this on NAS, but why the fuck not make it personal? So personal. I cannot fucking wait that metal moment this week. Ah, yes. Holy yes. shit. How cool All was the All the October metal moments were fan-fucking-tastic. But the vote for this one, I think, yeah. Did I vote for this one? The tuba. Tuba, tuba. What I picked. Tuba metal. Like, yes. Or was that last week? I'm sorry. No, I'm a little you confused now because I'm super baked. The baked So, I just want to say he keeps bringing, Reverend Cybertruck, you keep bringing it. You keep bringing it with, like, the variety in, of the metal moment. Um, and so my brain's a little fried right now, so no, I don't remember if I missed it or not. <laughs> but I hope the tuba won over the sitar, and uh, I like the sitar. Over bagpipes, much as I love, well, I don't love, but I do like the bagpipes and like some people, but, <laughs> but I'm like, no, no, the tuba in metal would sound fantastic. It would sound so good, I think. It did. Um, it did. Boom, yeah. boom, 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 boom. <laughs> That's Hell not yeah. our tuba sounds, but thank you, thank you for adding uh, metal moments to bowl after bowl. It's one of my favorite segments, and I have a lot. I guess really all of them, but it's a top for me. So thank you. Uh, this will be the last one, I promise. Uh, <laughs> oh, look, I didn't fill up the whole thing. Promises, whole thing. promises. Yeah, for maximum fun hole fillage. That's right, I said it. <laughs> I'm not going to hold back anymore. Let them let slut shame me. <laughs> Where Cass is taking off the gloves, dropping the panties. anymore. I love the bowl. I love you guys. Cheers. Have a great yeah, night. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in the bowl. In the bowl. In the bowl, yes. In the bowl. Hey, you know clothing's optional here. Yeah. It always has been. It's like that's the first thing Jennifer says every show. But metal moment, not optional. No. No, the metal moment is complimentary. It comes with. And yes, redirect all those thanks to Reverend Cyber Trucker because the metal moment amounts to, as far as I my part in it i hit play every tuesday that's it yeah you do that's it it's i all, put the poll in the all, show notes it's all the rev it is there. all him 
before yep. and after that. It's all the Rev. So thank you, Rev, for the metal moment. Cheers to you, good sir. Uh, cheers indeed to this next caller. Bowlers. Bowlers. Bowler. 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 I'm a supporter of human beings. The bing bings. Like you, both of you. Well, thank you, sir. We support you as well. First time I ever got a job. I'm not gonna count the shit for family, you know. Yeah. And they hire you as cheap or free labor. Yeah, like it's a favor to you. There was a goddamn bug that flew on top of my face. Uh-oh. All right. Get it out of here. Freak out in the voicemail. That's cool. That's yeah. what people want to hear. <laughs> anyway. They keep coming back for more bug First on your face. First time I got a real job. Uh, was that Pacific Sunwear? Okay. A retail guy, huh? Went to the mall. Yeah. Filled out the form. They hired me. They told me what day to come in. I come in. Yeah. They had me watch this lame-ass. Fucking training video. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I get there. Training videos. Teach me how to work the register too. And then one customer comes in. She was a total bitch. And she was talking to me like I had worked there for fucking years. Right. my ass out for no reason. I started that fucking job. And uh, the manager was like, yeah, you got to deal with that shit. And I was like, the fuck I am. I left. Fuck yeah. yeah. My first job was one day. Very Woo! cool. <laughs> and uh, first time I ever. Very legal. Uh, smash in a graveyard. Uh, technically, I never had sex in a graveyard, but I did get fucking drunk in a graveyard one time. So I got smashed in a graveyard. Oh, yeah. But not prison style. <laughs> not prison style. <laughs> <laughs> got him. <laughs> oh, thank you, Fletch. Oh, man. Yeah, thanks, Fletcher. Strong move. Yeah, dude. No fucking patience. Less than... Less than even the minimum reasonable amount of patience for me for any bullshit in a job, man. No. Nope. I'm below the reasonable minimum tolerance level for bullshit at jobs. And uh, good for you, man. Walk out of there right away. Walk out of you right right away. If it's not if it's not heavily worth your time, and I'm talking about not break even worth your time. I'm talking about lucratively worth your time. Yes. Then don't waste your time. Then fuck that, man. Yes. And at the mall. Yeah. Nah, the mall. Dude, and let me tell you, retail is a bitch to work, for sure. I would I would say it's safer to do fast food mm. as far as, like, the emotionality of it, you know? Oh, yeah. Because when you get busy, you get really, really busy. Yeah. And you can, you can kind of get in the zone and just keep working the line real hard when the tickets start piling up in fast food. And there's you know a good I mean? team aspect. You can go into little, like, holes, little work holes. Not yeah. so on retail, bro. <laughs> no. In retail, you're with this customer stand all, stand that you're helping. Around. Or even worse, with multiple co- customers that you're bouncing in between. And yeah, some of them are just going to be total and complete assholes, and there's nothing you can do about it. But put on a happy face. And it's kind of hard to just eat shit and smile. Mm. Um, yeah, it is. Because you can't get past the part where you have to eat shit. You just say, fuck you, I'm not eating shit. Right. Why bother? No. No, 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 no. Yeah, that's a pretty great couple of ideas that have come in from the show. The first time I ran a stop stop sign came in earlier, if you recall. But also, the first time I ever watched a training video, like... Oh. I'm thinking training videos. Those can be pretty hilariously stupid. Um, But my first job was sort of in the mixture of that perfect in-between of the two. Mm-hmm. Between fast food and retail, which is a coffee shop. Yeah. Um, 
there was like a local coffee shop. They had a pool table in the back. It was just in this like small town strip mall. And it was called the International Beanery. <laughs> the Beanery. And they were opening like in in late May. They were doing the work of like finishing the place and moving in and getting all the equipment in there. And I saw them. I was up there during the day and I saw them like taking a couch out of there. And I wasn't quite. I think you had to be 14 to get on a real job. Mm due to labor laws. You had to be 14 to actually get hired at a place and be on papers. So I was turning 14 in like two weeks or three weeks or something like that. And I just like helped them carry this couch out and then a couple other things they were just like hauling out of there. They weren't even open yet. And I was just like, hey, I want to apply. You know, you guys hiring or whatever? And I filled out an application for some of that. And then I was like, you know, I was like, I'm not quite 14, but they opened, I think, six days before I turned 14, you know, so... Once my birthday went, I started. And yeah, nice. just a lot of mostly bitch boy shit, although I did learn to pull espresso shots there. Uh, a lot of it was just kind of like wipe the machines down, mop the floors, uh, keep it clean, you know. Get hooked on caffeine young. Yeah. I didn't do a lot of like the milk steaming or the actual barista thing. I would, I'd pull shots because it's, pulling espresso shots is a little more mechanical. A lot of hipsters get like very, very overblownly into it, but. It's a very mechanical thing, you know. Ah, uh, pulling a shot, you know, it's like it doesn't take a genius really to pull a shot. That's what I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to say, but uh, yeah, that was a good job. Minimum wage again back then, probably. I wanted to say it was five seventy five when I got in first. Nice. Here in the state. Spencer, the bean dispenser. <laughs> the bean dispenser. I was dispensing the beans, and they served gelato as well. Oh, yes, the finest. So the, first, the finest of Italian. First time I ever heard of gelato was at that job, actually. Interesting enough. Not ice cream. Mm-hmm. It's different. Ice cream. Milk and eggs, bitch. <laughs> this, uh, this next call is a lot more than just milk and eggs, let me tell you what. Uh, first time I ever had a job, it was gig work, priming me naturally. Gig work. For a runner, essentially, for a high-speed rifle competition. Um, oh. I couldn't necessarily tell you what's the difference between um, these rifles that they were using. Maybe it was like a high-velocity wrap. I know that the distances were huge. Like, it would take us quite uh, – I mean, like, in the grand scheme of things, if you're at a range, it would probably take, like, a 10-minute trek out to the targets. And, Jeez. you know, we would slap up the new sheets, and they had these big drums that had rubber – sheets like real thin rubber sheets uh spooled up on them and the sheets would move so they could actually you know so they would do the first round and then they would revolve the rubber and create a new fresh section for them to shoot and this way they could actually tell like what the what the groupings were and uh you know we made like a maybe 75 bucks a weekend doing it for a, a month or so while this competition went on and um, <laughs> I put all that money towards an Ibanez RG350, a sweet little white and black guitar, in the bowl. Wean in near In the bowl, boobs. Sweet little Ibanez. Pulling that bad bitch up right now. Oh, yeah. Ooh. I see it. Yeah. Sweet licks on that thing. Well, Ibanez. It's a good starter guitar. That's cool, man. I like that uh, rotating target thing. I want to build one of those now that I've heard about it. Yeah. So we, shoot, we shoot at a barrel at my buddy's place quite often, but man, if we had some kind of a 
mechanism just to spin the barrel around and have, like you're saying, kind of a sheet or something on top of it. That'd be perfect. You don't have to go down there and switch the target all the time. Man. That's right. Yeah. Just to walk all the way down the hill and mess with the target every time. Not that's why, me. That's why we like the pigeons a little bit better. I like that better. But uh, nothing's really better than this next caller. So this wasn't my first job, but it was one of my first jobs. I worked at a restaurant as a dishwasher, and uh, there were a few people that were uh, out on work release from prison, and um, they taught me some things, (laughs) and um, it was was pretty interesting. I don't know if I want to get into details right now, but uh, I learned a lot of stuff. When I was like 15 at the time, 16. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, uh, and the place also had a, a beer brewery. Oh, cool. So that, 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 that's all. I'm done. <laughs> Cheers. Thanks, caller. Ah, you, you never know what you can learn, uh, at the dishwashing station. You know, it can be a colorful and interesting place to be sure. Yeah. Learning happens everywhere. Kind of like our text line. Oh, the uh, Rev has the link to the Metal Moment video. Of all the jobs, man, the co-workers, they always stick in the memory. They're the best and worst parts of the jobs. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt, for sure. There's no doubt about it. Well, I do know one thing. What's that? Fuck it, dude. Let's go bowling. Let's go bowling. Let's go bowling. That's the answer. I got a local story today. Okay. Yeah, so the Clay County, Missouri Sheriff's Office, they have a face bag page. As I suppose most sheriff's offices do in it's these a, days and ages. It's a trendy thing to have now, yeah. Mm, it's so trendy. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, they woke up one fine day this weekend or Monday or such and found that their page had been hacked and replaced with Chinese communist propaganda. Oh, man, not that goddamn Chinese communist, communist propaganda again. Sneaking in there. Yeah, their profile picture uh, was changed to one of Mao Zedong with a <laughs> caption, Destroy America, in all caps. And uh, then a second Uncool. picture was uploaded that showed a large bomb superimposed over the Chinese flag uh, with a mushroom cloud. Yeah, so fun stuff. Wow. And, you know, they're, they're going to get to the bottom of it. They swear they're going to get to the bottom of it. <laughs> Ain't nobody gonna meme on us. I'll tell you what. Tell you what. Well, Overland Park. See, another local story, man. It was just going cuckoo nice. in the area you this kept week. It. You kept it in the our neck of the woods. Yeah, OP. Over on the Kansas side. Cops there are searching for a dog. No way, a dog. The dog attacked a man, and he's on the loose. Oh, no. You know what the description for this dog is? <laughs> what? Big and black. <laughs> well, OP a- cops looking for big black dog. Well, can't make this shit up. Yeah, this, this that, is- if that dog's dangerous, then they gotta find it, I guess. Yeah, you know, keep your eyes peeled for big black dogs wandering around. Uh, this dude was just walking his dog, and he's a big dog. He's black dog, dog. Yeah, he's out there. The big black dog approached him, uh, and he leaned down to check its tags. Which implies that it had tags, so not a stray. Uh, but when he was leaning down to look at the tags, it bit him in the face. Oh, shit. Yeah. I hate so that he happened. got taken to the hospital. 
And now the dog is uh, being sought after. So if you live in our neck of the woods and you have a big black dog and that dog tends to wander. They're looking for you. They're looking for your damn dog. They're on the search for the BBD. They're coming for him. <laughs> coming for the BBD. OPPD, <laughs> coming for the BBD. That's right. <laughs> and you know what's also right? This judge in Georgia has banned Elf on the Shelf. Oh, gee whiz. No, I say good for him. Yeah. Fuck Strong that move. little motherfucker. Yeah, Elf on the Shelf Of course. It's a joke. Stupid. It's a joke. Uh, but the, in this joke ruling, because judges have time for joke rulings. Oh, you know, yeah. They, they can't, do that shit sometimes, They don't can't they? meet deadlines for certain voter-approved things, but they can make jokes. But at least ruling. they have a sense of humor. And oh, yeah. So Real human. people. They're regular folks just like you and me. So human. Definitely not uh, lizards at all. <laughs> and definitely no uh, PR piece script writers out there. No, no, no. But anyways... Uh, the ruling says that the elf on the shelf causes kids emotional distress if the elf doesn't move overnight. Because apparently that spying little grubby snitch <laughs> is supposed to change locations every day to spy on you from a new angle for Santa. And uh, if the elf doesn't move, a kid might be labeled an elf murderer. As this oh, judge's child was. Oh, no. Yes. Not only is this judge making national headlines with a joke, but they're also exposing their child's trauma to the world. So, yeah, he's just taking his own elf on the shelf prank on his kid to a... <laughs> to a prank on all of us. To a prank on the taxpayers themselves, damn it. Sick. You're not supposed to do that shit. Sick, sad world. <laughs> Uh, if I had an elf on a shelf, not, dude, I'd probably time to a little doll chair <laughs> gag him or something. Right, yeah. To be called an elf murderer in little, this context really makes you an American hero, if you ask me. Put him under one of them bright spotlights like in the movie. That's right. Santa send you. You better talk. You better talk, elf. You're going to spill your guts, elf. I'll spill them for you. We're going to drop those jingle bells. <laughs> Cut them right off of you. Not my jingle bells. Yeah, we said the jingle bells. Oh, but I guess that uh, the toilet broke in oh the SpaceX capsule that landed in the water this week. Oh so God. the astronauts all had to wear diapers <laughs> for their, you know, drop down I Earth. Mean, oh. So they came in like presidentially, I guess. You That's might right, be able yeah. To like a dusty man in the Vatican. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, I guess a tube, a tube came unglued and uh, spilled pee under the floorboards <laughs> oh, of the capsule. Uh, but what really distressed me when reading this story was that there's a picture of uh, the crew and they're posing with chili peppers, uh, which they grew aboard the capsule, the Earth and SpaceX, I guess, oh, you yeah. know, the International Space Station. Uh, that's some spicy turd. <laughs> you know, there's even a comment about like it was a little, they were a little too spicy for some people to handle. So we're like, are we talking diarrhea here? You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> you telling me we gotta sit and shit on the way down? The pepper runs, bro. Uh, it won't. It'll be so fast. You won't even know you're sitting and shit. Right. Okay. Just like three or four hours max. Mm-hmm. 
Sure. <laughs> sure. Oh, well, talking about shit, you know, floating around or whatever. Might as well. A trash can from Myrtle Beach wound up in Ireland. How in the hell did they yep. get out of that one? That's impressive. Oh, uh, you know, city volunteers must not have brought it in for safekeeping when no. there were strong winds or hurricanes or whatever. So this uh, trash can floats in, all covered in barnacles and seashells and creatures and whatnot. Uh, yeah. So it took that long to cross the Atlantic. And uh, someone has been sent to retrieve it. The Irish wouldn't have known where it came <laughs> from if there hadn't been city stickers posted all over it that somehow made it. Wow. You're supposed to like have that chained to the ground or something. Some. Some. <laughs> Pretty gross. But also sh- just shows you how Earth and its creatures will overcome all of our inventions that we leave behind inevitably. You know? Mm. Just grow on there. Ah, new vessel. <laughs> Should. Speaking about vessels, thousands of phone booths are going to be protected from closure in England. Oh, yeah, so over 5,000 red phone booths. Yep. Because um, there's a ruling made that the phone booths in areas with poor mobile coverage or that are accident hotspots or uh, have had a lot of previous calls uh, from people contemplating suicide, those phone booths should stay. Yeah, because I mean, they help they, the public. They're still useful, yeah. Yes. Um, any phone booth that had more than 52 calls made in the past year should be safe. Um, I guess from May 2019 to May 2020, there were more than 150,000 emergency calls made from phone booths that makes in sense. England. That's just <laughs> emergency calls. Yeah. Um, currently, there are about 21,000 booths and 6,500 unused booths have been converted into community assets like miniature libraries or art galleries or even storage units for public defibrillators because they have a program over there called adopt a kiosk Hmm. and local organizations can buy a red phone booth for just a pound and turn it into something useful that's a hell of a deal you imagine one of them like little free libraries in the red phone? <laughs> That'd be a good one. Yeah, sounds pretty cool to me. Or a food bank. Or a food bank. Or art gallery. Whatever. <laughs> art gallery. Uh, maybe, maybe. You know, dirty video viewer. Oh yeah, Just little, put curtains up. Little jerk booth. Jerk booth. I like it. Just put those <laughs> curtains up. You know, some wipes. I mean, who doesn't want a hot box of telephone booth? Oh, yes. I mean, come on. Hydroponic telephone booth, anyone? I'd say we'd do all eight of that I- uh, of those ideas for eight pounds. Yes, green walls of the telephone booth where you can pick your own food yeah. and grow your own. I'm into that. Oh, yeah. A phone booth for every family. Well, this family is excited that... A gas station was out of their two favorite scratchers. Oh, yeah. Because guess what? They got the right ones. They time. got the right ones. All right. Yeah. Uh, they, this lady, uh, unspecified healthcare worker, gets off work, goes to the gas station, uh, says, hey, give me two of these. Oh, we don't have that. Okay, well, then give me two of my second choice. No, we're out of that one, too. She's like, well, just... Pick me some then, I guess. Give me two of two different kinds. Yeah. She takes them home to scratch off with her dad because that's her daily ritual, apparently. And they win 
$200,000. Oh, fuck yeah. Off of two different tickets. Yeah, I really like the idea of uh, letting the person pick for you. Yeah, it's good magic. There's very much something to it. Because they're by that thing all day, and they've touched them more often, and, you know, what the fuck do you know? You're just... Nothing. You're picking based on advertising. They're picking based on physical proximity and far more expertise and awareness than you, you know? Yeah. Uh, To dim it down a little bit, though, I will say, after tax withholdings... (laughs) Ah, well... They took home $141,501. Nothing to sneeze at. You'll get it back at the end of the year. That's at least right. some of it. It'll That's be all right. right. Well, apparently, starting in October, round heads became all the rage in China. And okay. all the women over there are now bitching that they have flat parts of their head from where their mom laid them as a young baby. Oh, you know? Man. Uh, I hate it when that happens. And. Just like being attracted to smaller feet with the foot binding, <laughs> yeah. they have decided that very expensive headgear is the way to go to make their baby's skulls rounder. Now, we have seen this headgear in America. Yeah, the and little helmet thing. I, when I first came upon a child wearing the headgear, was like, wow, the skull maybe isn't fused yet. The brain is maybe exposed. They got to protect their head. Come to find out, no, their head is unshapely, so we're going to change it and smush it in the direction that we want. Oh, and by unshapely, I mean, I didn't notice anything. Maybe there is a flat spot, you know? But no, they have to be perfectly round, like a cue ball. Interesting. Like a bowling ball. And so here they are paying uh, hundreds to thousands of dollars to change the shape of their baby's heads with molds and sleeping mats and special pillows. Yeah, all the rage in China. So just wait. Just wait. It'll be all the rage in America probably uh, next week. Next bowl. Next bowl. Here you're going to want to, like, squish the baby's skull into the shape of your favorite brand's logo. Oh, your favorite football team's logo. That's right. Exa- yeah, logo. that'll yeah. be it. Yeah, it's going to yeah, be football. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. Like the number. The hey, Arnold, number. football head. Way cooler than oh, bowling yeah. ball. Come on, football head. Come on, you could be like hey, Arnold. Football head or yeah, whatever. <laughs> I think you're onto something there. Oh, I hope not. That's an exit I hope strategy. Not. This is, it's, I'm gonna look into the patent. Just uh, what's the next bowl? One fourteen. Next Ogun Duzek. Yeah, I don't know. It just no, that I'm kind at, of stuff makes me sick. I'm at the next lady's story. <laughs> Sorry, I was just oh, making yeah. a joke. Haha. I'm not really gonna get a patent. Okay. <laughs> no. 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 Yeah. But. Just you know, I will say though, your uh, your grandfather says something about how all of our babies' heads have turned out in your head when you were a baby. What does your grandpa always say? Just it's perfectly round, like the big round head. We That's should go right. to, we should set up shop in China. They'll pay people like us to go to parties with them, you know. Ah, uh, yes, with our shapely, perfectly round oh, heads. Look, round head guy. Rick, it's a round head. Oh yes, they brought round head guy. Yeah. Oh. We wish we had round head like you. <laughs> it's just crazy. Like some of the comments I was seeing uh, were from this Chinese social media site, Weibo, Weibo. I don't know. Uh, and I was just like, man, these people, these women say some loathsome things about themselves and their mothers. Welcome. Yeah, it's just like, come on. To social media. Yeah. Yes, exactly. It's a exactly. I, I guess I'm just so out of the loop, man, that it really still shocks me to my core when I come upon it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, it's good. It's good to be sensitized to the horrible things still, you know, not get desensitized. Yes. But 
this is a horrible story I came upon. Mm-hmm. Uh, so sorry. Uh, <laughs> you know, we won't get any extra rules tonight on that 10th frame, but more than 160 former Hertz customers are suing the company over claims that it falsified stolen car reports and landed some of them in jail. Wait, what? Now, this was ex- especially horrifying to me because uh, we just rented a car from Hertz for our first time. Yes. Uh, we usually, we've used Enterprise in the past. Yeah. But we they used Hertz this time. I was like, oh my goodness, could you imagine that? Getting a, a well, as happened, there were some families that shared their stories here. One was a couple that rented uh, cars from Hertz several times a year, like 12, they mentioned, because um, they own a renovation company. So I guess they were renting trucks. And they were pulled over by cherries and berries two days before Christmas and told to get out of the vehicle over the cop's loudspeaker while the cops held them at gunpoint. And so the couple gets out of the car and, you know, the man ends up going to jail because, oh, he's driving a stolen car. Not. There's a contract that clearly shows they rented the car and their, you know, credit card is on there, ready to be, you know, paid, ready yeah. to pay it. Uh, so he showed the officer the contract and was luckily released from jail while the cop called Hertz and chewed them out, saying that they need a better system. And do you know what we just put this guy through? Two days before Christmas. Yeah, that's you know? bullshit. That's messed up. Now, there's another story about a uh, contractor who had a long-term truck rental. And they told him, you just call a week in advance of the you know, extension deadline or whatever when you're supposed to drop it off. And we'll extend it for another month or so. Um, so he was on his third month of renting this truck for 300 bucks a week, paying every time. And uh, he got arrested, and he had to sit in jail, and he lost everything, even though the case ended up being dismissed because he had all the payment records and the contracts and the vehicle, you know? So this is not good. No, you can't can't get away with that. I guess in 2020, Hertz filed bankruptcy, and they fired 12,000 employees and furloughed at least 4,000. But, you know... I guess some of these folks that are joining the lawsuit are saying that the car that they rented from Hertz had been reported as stolen before they went to pick it up. Oh, so then they're geez. driving these stolen vehicles, getting yep. picked up for it. It's never good, never good to be in a pullover stop situation where they run the license plates and it comes back stolen. Because then it, the protocol immediately switches gears right. and, and escalates. Yes, so that's no bueno. No, not at all. Very bad. Uh, you know, and the states they mentioned this happening in were Delaware, California, Florida, and Illinois. But who knows where else? You know, knows, we don't man. know. Risky. It is risky. Well, hey, one more just for good measure. Good luck to you out there <laughs> driving rental cars. That's right. Good luck to you. Well, hey, the first time I ever next week. I'm kind of between first time I ever ran a stop sign or first time I ever watched a instructional video. What do you think? Any, mm, meeny, miny, mo. I say stop sign because we just did a work one this week. I like a that. job one. But maybe we know what we're doing the week after. Yeah, there you go. Maybe that's the next two. Bam and then bam. Stop sign and then 
Bada bing, bada boom. Yeah. Well, you know what to do in either case. Whip that phone out and uh, call 816-607-DOOF. Leave that first time I ever. And make sure you tune in to Hog Story Thursday night. Hear uh, old Dame DeLorean on there. Oh, yeah. Back I'll in the smoker. I'll be there smoker. with Carolyn and Fletcher in the smoker. Looking forward to it. Psyched. Thank you, all of you lovely bowlers, for hanging out on the bowl stream. Listen to Bowl After Bowl, whether it's today or someday in the future. Thanks for streaming sats and boosting, too. That's right. Give us a boost. You better be streaming sats. Bust. Bust? Say boost. Boost. That's right. And until next token Tuesday, may your bowls burn ever brighter. This one's going in my boost box. Here's your cue to boost. You know you want to. It's so overtly sexual. I'm a supporter of human beings!